Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out Iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, Iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at Iconic Life. Bonsai balls! They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck! They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations and download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl. Healthy, delicious. Ashland. Hard seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it. I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing. Only 100 calories. All organic. No sugar. Also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. Also supported by Octopus, the massive corporate juggernaut. Octopus, making stuff for people who actually surf. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade Shade. Sunscreen. (laughs) Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Our our guest this week, another surfer from South Bay. Former NSSA national team member. He even won the Southwest Division in 91. He's a champion over here. We have one champion in here. <laughs> he made his pro career being in Taylor Steele movies and dominating the magazines with his smooth photogenic style. Photo slide. He didn't chase the tour like some of us, but instead got involved. Did you chase the tour? I, I chased it. <laughs> Jay was good. I didn't do very well, though. But uh, he got involved early in the industry side of the business. His first venture was short-lived apparel brand called Seventeen. Damn. We're going to hear about that. Damn. Short-lived. But during that time, he worked closely with Taylor Steele, learning about cinematography and surf movie making. And he created films. He's directed, editor, and he had a very successful series called The Drive-Through Series. Memorable. Yeah. Pretty ingenious. Like, that's a great, great series. Fuck. 
fun. And he later transitioned back to his hometown roots and had a respectful 14-year running Body Glove International's Entertainment. Wow. Entertainment director. Yeah, that's his title. And he got to work with Jamie O'Brien on his debut show, Who is J-O-B? Wow. He's currently a freelance cinematographer, an editor, content creator, surf coach, and I don't know, all kinds of stuff. We welcome this solid guy, our good friend, Greg Jeebs Browning. Woo! Thank you guys for having me. Super stoked to be here with you guys. Dude, I, I, I think there's a lot in this that... I probably didn't even tap into, but I didn't want to make it. Like, that was a lot of stuff. I didn't want to. I make feel it. old. Well, I am old, I guess. So I <laughs> What's crazy old. is how small the world is, and how you two have known each other for fucking decades. Dude, we decades. started competing at probably thirteen or fourteen, and then it's to say. And yeah. what's crazy is how many body glove team riders we've had on the podcast. Well, I mean, one of the most you know, iconic I, brands. Yeah, I for mean, sure. and. When we were kids, making that NSSA national team was like everything, and they were the main sponsor. At, yeah, at they were the red suit. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. a period of time. Well, for here, growing up in Hermosa Beach, it, it is body glove. Like yeah. they were on Sixth Street, so you would walk down, jump in the trash can that was just full of wetsuit material, and start pulling them out and building your GI Joe guys with wetsuits. And <laughs> so it was like that was the path, you yeah. know. So like body glove, it started early here for us, yeah. for sure. All right. Well, let's start at the beginning. Like, start at the you, beginning. You started, but Hermosa yeah. Beach. You Hermosa were born Beach. In Hermosa. I was actually born in Newport. What? At Hogue. Yeah. Hotel Hogue. Hotel Hogue. And uh, my family, both sides of my family, mom and dad, are from Torrance, so they grew up in the South Bay. So we moved here when they got divorced, and okay. it was seven years old, six, seven years old. And so the first part of the year was in Newport. It, no, it actually bounced around from Newport to Huntington to Glendora. Um, so wow. we went inland a little bit. My dad was an engineer, so we moved where he moved. So he worked for Hughes and Honeywell, and so we kind of bounced around. Yeah. And then came back here when they got divorced and lived with the grandparents and then settled into our first place in Hermosa on 11th Street across from the baseball field. So... We started playing baseball, and then it was kind of one thing led to another, skateboarding, and then finally my brother got me to surf at a, hmm. when I was 11. Okay. Yeah. So a little bit of a late start. Yeah, but for, for me, I you know, I, I still to this day, I say I'm still scared of surfing. So like, <laughs> it was just a fear. Like, I would rather hit the concrete or the ramp, you know, than, than at, at least I know I was coming up. I wasn't drowning. I think as a kid, you just always had this fear of drowning. Oh, that's so funny. So you guys moved here from inland to yeah. So it was like at six, at six, six. yeah, and then just kind of baseball and skateboarding, and that was really what I did until eleven, and then sacked up, and my brother got me to surf, and well, surfing was, I mean, booming in that you know that time. Here was nuts. Yeah, here was nuts. We had so many, so many good surfers at that time, Um, and like. 11, 12, it was, my best friends were these twin brothers, Keith and Derek Brewer, and they were a year older than me, but they are just, still to this day, they surf more than anybody I know, anybody, and I, you know, just was with Tatiana on the tour, they surf more than anybody I know, (laughs) Um, but they're successful, you know, own their own business, but still just. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about, all from the comfort of your home? isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. 
Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. It's surfing and then business. Yeah. And so sports and skateboarding between 6 and 11, that, that was your focus. That skateboarding. Was, yeah. yeah. It was nice. all skating. So. What, what kind of skateboarding? Street surfing, man. Yeah, we did a little bit of street Ramps stuff. Like the, around here was still like we had those pockets. It was a lot like Huntington where like there wasn't – it wasn't overdeveloped yet. You know, even though there was – the houses are close together, there were still empty spaces, especially like towards El Segundo and stuff. So we'd always skate around and then – there were still people that were building half pipes in their backyard. You know, you weren't worried about suing this guy or suing that guy. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of construction, so you could go borrow wood and uh, make skateboard borrow, yeah. borrow, marks. Yeah. Borrowed wood. Yeah. 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 And that was a lot of like half pipes. Like we were super into half pipes and, and nice. quarter pipes. Mini, mini ramps though. Like, no, like we, I was all in because, you know, half we had pipes. Upland Skate Park. So my dad still lived there. So he'd take us to Upland and there was... You know, we were, I was, like, our generation didn't get Del Mar, but, yeah. like, there were still a few skate parks and yeah. a lot of skate ramps, so that was kind of it. And So what, were you pretty good at skateboarding? Like, were you doing airs, yeah, like, hand plants and that kind of shit? For sure. Yeah. Like, we were, we were good. I, like, you know, I was always the youngest in that group, so my, I have an older brother who's just under three years older than me, so, okay. like... I'd kind of navigate through his friends because they had cars first, so then you could kind of get rides other places. And yeah, yeah. It helped having an older brother for yeah, sure. Yeah, most of the time. Mo- it, getting well, rides, not getting well, tortured. And yeah, that was WWE <laughs> times. Like so, like I was half the size of my brother. I was four ten, ninety pounds until sophomore year. So like I was a little kid. So yeah, yeah. My brother, my brother beat me up, but he was a good brother. What kind of skateboard did you have? I had my my first skateboard I bought, my mom bought for me for Christmas, and it was a Gator, yes. Mark Gator wow. Rogowski. And Vision. up until then, was the sickest board until he decided to do what he did, but yeah. epic. And the yeah. guy ripped, and, you know, we would, you know, growing up here, you went to E.T., <clears throat> E.T., and E.T. had everything, and they had yeah. all the best skaters, they had all the best surfers, and... yeah. Like that's just what you did, so you always knew. Like, okay, they had the Powell videos, and you're just you're just locked in. Yeah, and it was punk rock music was like the thing back. This is the this is the home of punk rock yeah. music. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it so was. You guys were and all... this this like Hermosa was a small town. It's two miles square town. So like you kind of lived in this little bubble, and it was you know a lot of you know like single parent families. You know. There wasn't as many divorced families, but it was kind of lower income. I mean, our rent was 500 bucks a month for a three bedroom, one bathroom, like classic beach, you know, yeah. And it was, that was how a lot of it was. And it was, it was epic. It was, it was the greatest place to grow up in because 
it was safe, you know. Yeah. I mean, even though there's bikers and craziness down at the pier, you used to be able to drive to the to the pier. There was no promenade, so you'd drive up and do the loop, or we would skate around there. And, yeah, yeah. I think it was. I mean, th- those days were loose as far as like parents. You didn't have to check in. You'd oh, leave no. at sunrise as soon as you got up, and you wouldn't be back till it's dark. That was that no was the rule. Just yeah. come home at dark, and yeah. you wanted to because you wanted to eat. You know, <laughs> you had no money. Street lights come on. That's when you go home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. So it was. It all. It it was for but sure. I, but you know, without that, you know, you stay busy. You'd skate. You go. You know, get in the riffraff, but you go hang at the shops and like. I mean, you'd probably spend hours at ET and all the other spots and at yeah. the pier and. Yeah, we had a surf shop. So right when I started surfing, I started hanging out at Competition Surfboards, which is was right across. So it was there was ET and a block away was Dewey Weber shop, and on the on the west side of the street was Competition Surfboards. And it was a bunch of guys from like Culver City area that ran the shop in Hermosa Beach. And they all were really good surfers, all skated really well. And they were classic to hang out with. So I would, and it was at the top of my hill. So I'd walk up the street after school and just hang out. And it was just, that's where surfing really kind of posters and mags videos and they had guys signing like we were talking about it's like people would come in like greg day and mike parsons and like you know people from australia and all over the world would come in and sign autographs and you're just enamored as a little kid you know just like so larger in life like pros that just are stopping at your local shop was so yeah i i I don't i don't think the surfers now quite realize the impact that that has i mean and i know they all went through every guy on the tour now yeah met a pro surfer at one point in their life that changed inspired inspired change change your path right now it's like go back to your brother surfing Right. Yeah, he started surfing first. He started surfing first, and, and his said, buddies, and you know, little brother. You kind of wanted to do what your brother did, but at that time, like we were saying, is he was the older brother, and he was kind of an ass sometimes. So, like, <laughs> kind of wanted to not do what he was doing. Yeah. And and the ocean. I mean, we'd always go in, but like, I'd play in the whitewash forever. I mean, even when Did I started surfing first or straight into boogie surfing? boarding in the whitewash. Yeah, and like yeah. I, I really try to make that clear. It's like. Yeah. Still to this day, like petrified. I I think I've swam and filmed bigger days than I surfed. You know, yeah. like it's just there's just a fear. Like the ocean is big and scary, and yeah. and like so I I don't I never wanted to do it. And then my brother actually like I went with a friend, and then my brother had taken a picture of me. You remember those little Minolta waterproof yeah. yellow cameras? Yeah. Somehow we borrowed one from somebody. Yeah. My brother took a picture of me. And I was probably just standing up, but the picture made it look like I was doing a floater. And he's like, I can't believe how good you are the first day. And he really like set the bar like, you're the best. You got to keep doing this because look, you're like Mark Richards. Wow. And I'm like, who's Mark Richards? And he shows me his picture of Mark Richards. And I'm like, I'm like Mark Richards? Wow. Mark Richards in the magazine. I'm like Mark Richards. And it was like... That's so cool. It was game changing. And this yeah. is the same it was guy that threw me into the, the wall. Day? and It was like the first week. Yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, when you get up and you don't, you, you know, you're catching, you're on, you're getting ready to ride the wave, but you're, you yeah. don't make it down. And you just float out the back. But I was like right on the lip line and the picture. Yeah. I wish I saw the picture, you know? Yeah. But, but it, you know, all that experience of, like you said, riding the whitewater is I did the same in my, I'd stand up on a boogie board because, you know, yep. belling is, eh, you know, so you're standing up and after a while they're like, dude. Get a surfboard. Like, why are you on the boogie board? Like, yeah. you're standing up and, like, riding, like, you know. So, 
I think it does help that transition. Uh, how 100%. incredible is it to think back what you just said? Your brother fucking like inspired you that day saying you're like Mark Richards. Yeah, it was heavy. That, he, that, he would try to change with different guys all the time, you know, like throughout yeah. the surfing. Like, you're like Mike, Mike Lambrisi was one of my favorites. Like, yeah. Nice. I mean, he was, he was, it's because he was around. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what people didn't realize. That was what Body Glove did really well is they sponsored guys that you could see Local. at your beach. Yeah. Well, that, and the Bud Tour was The Bud Tour huge. was yeah. huge. And, but that was that whole idea is like, you know, you want to you want to keep guys close so that you can build that generational. Yeah. You know, there's not as much gap. So, so for me, really my brother changed your life that day. He did for sure. But you know, and then I had buddies at the surf shops that would take us surfing and like really like be the difference because your brother, you know, your family can only take you so far because right. you run into everything else that goes on in a family. So you're trying to like escape that world. There would be there was a guy Ronnie Jones who was a manager at that shop and competition he, surf at competition surfboards and he's actually a a got uh, a pastor down like a missionary down in Puerto Escondido and he went early we would see him down there when we went Laura we like he would be down there and, yeah. and uh, he's Crazy. still there he's got like twelve kids um, <laughs> still married to his wife from Manhattan like they're from Culver Manhattan How and, crazy. and, and uh, what's their business like he works for the church oh that's awesome yeah and he teaches soccer and teaches religion and but he was really the guy that took me everywhere he ended up uh, you know because as a manager of the shop all the reps are coming in like Lee Westfall was the O'Neill rep yeah. and he would say come up to Malibu and serve with us and then you meet Willie Morris and you're like whoa yeah. you know and I mean, that was what the co- was so cool about the shops is if you hung out at the shop, you would see the pro surfers, you would meet the the, the reps and yeah. the reps would take you to other waves and you just like... You, Your world opens up. Yeah, it becomes this really small it's, thing, became big really yeah, fast. It's, and, a, it's a networking hub that you don't even think of it that way. You just think yeah. of it as a, like... I just want to hang out. It's not just a business. It, yeah. Yeah. No way. So, it is. It is the bread and butter and and lifeline of, 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 of surfing, surfing is yeah. is the shop and who works there. And, yeah. Yeah. So so take us back first board. Your, your first board. Yeah. yeah. What did you what, what did you get? Hand me down or yeah, like a for sure. board out of the shop or no? It was all hand me down. So I had a uh, local guy, Tom Stanton. It was a quad. Um, it was one of our neighbors. So our street was really cool. We had three brothers that lived five doors up. Then there was us, and then you crossed the railroad tracks, and then there was another friend. You went to the top, and there was another friend, and then we went down to the beach and met everybody else. And it's like it's six, a big posse. It's like six blocks, but yeah. that was it. And I was the youngest, so my job was, you know, I was so psyched that I would go wake up the three brothers up top, get my brother up and then we'd all walk down and we'd knock at the door. So my friend Gannon, I got his board and borrowed it and would leave it in the train tracks. So like, you know, the, they so call it the green belt it. now. So I'd just leave it down there and stash it and it stayed there forever. That's crazy. Yeah, and that was that was the, the first board that like really kind of like that was... That was your training board, like got you... It was my board. Training. He let me use it yeah. all the time. What like, was it? It was a... It was, I bet it was probably five ten quad. Um, 
quad. Uh, a quad. Yeah. I think it was a swallowtail. I have a picture of me. I thought I was getting barreled, so like I'm doing a really good barrel pose, but it really looks like a bottom kinda turn. Like, kind of like Linden on most of his ways. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But I think it's the same little Minolta camera that took that, and my for sure my brother took it. And uh, That's so funny you brought that camera up, because I, 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 we got one before like a family trip to Hawaii, and like... We're trying to snorkel. It's so cloudy, and we had this sick underwater camera, and all the photos. The photos, dude. But my brother crushed it. I couldn't believe it. Like this, I'll show you this photo. Yeah. You're like, what? That's with that camera. But yeah, it was that. And then my first custom board was actually Ronnie at competition set me up, and Mark Curley, local surf guy. Like he was, he was the man. He did the airbrushing, and he customized it this wishbone blue wishbone so it was like a combo tom carroll did but you come in with artwork i i didn't i just kind of was like you know I, I just i'm so i'm so excited you know to get a custom board and yeah. he did all these cool little like emblems in there and put my name in there and they would call me when i was little because i was so small they would call me wee man that was it so they would <laughs> you're wee the original man wee man there. there was one of them right because <laughs> that, um, that going back to getting that first custom board and 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 i mean you would i would doodle forever like oh, yeah. different designs and you look at the magazines oh the potter or the current or the yeah. carol or the black you know like always just analyzing everybody's airbrush and i'm gonna do a different color combo and it's so, so much more expensive too to get airbrush oh it was another, I mean, like you know 10 20 30 bucks back then you're like what the fuck? dude game changing now, game changer right because it's, it's like 100 bucks. it's probably like 35 dollars yeah. right yeah but i remember my brother always wanted it like he would always draw these elaborate ones so i was like oh, i'll just leave it to him and but shoreline the glassing factory was right down there and it was where uh, wayne miata and it was greg i think greg knoll still owns that complex and but that's where the collins family did all of the glassing of surfboards and shaping and Dennis Jarvis was down there. It was a real big hub and it was a sick place to skate because there was a really good like bank bank right there at the carpet place right in front. So like we go down there and look at all the stuff. Concrete waves and you find one of those and you're slashing up and Next to the smell of resin, it was like, (laughs) it was everything you needed, you know? It's crazy to like talking to guys like you from the South Bay how rich in culture and history the South Bay is of surfing. For you know? sure. Because yeah. sure. like we're from, I mean, I'm not from the beach community, but, you know, Lar, but I've grown up pretty much in Huntington. And, you know, there, there's so much history there. And that's all you kind of know, you know, yeah. or yeah, we kind of sure. know. Yeah. But it's so amazing to hear all these names that you're saying and like, wow. Like, you know, rest in peace, you know, the bull. Yeah. Um, he passed away, what, yesterday the day before? Yeah, I think I think. And he owned ago, right? the building. Yeah, I mean, his, his surf shop was but here. Donald Takayama was, you know, didn't, wasn't there a bunch of other, like, guys that... Yeah, yeah. Weber's here. Yeah, yeah. Weber. Stoner. Yeah, Weber. Uh, there's, there's tons of, uh, is tons like, of history yeah. here. And, and it, that was, that was an, another brother kind of thing is... You know, he guided, he made sure that I was, he was always guiding me down those paths. So even though he was saying, hey, you surf like this guy, it was like, then you'd be like, who is that guy? And then he would teach you all these things. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then I was so lucky to get body glove when I did, because um, there's a lot of guys around, you know, yeah. Ted, so, Ted so was around. You're talking for a sponsorship. 
Like yeah, outside pretty of getting much. like a board through the surf shop and it was always the surf shops, right? Yeah, that was yeah. the evolution was you started with the surf shop and then you get a them. rep would hook you up, you know, with something and yeah. and the uh, first wetsuit was was breaker out wetsuit nice. from a rep, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm sponsored. <laughs> but breaker my, out wetsuits were pretty sick. Yeah. yeah, they were so nice. But at that time there was, you know, we were overlocked suits still. Oh, so yeah. like to get a suit like breaker out had sealed steam or blind stitch seams for yeah. junior suits and that was like game yeah. yeah yeah you went from like full body rash to just neck and armpit rash just neck so, and armpit <laughs> rash right so you were talking about how lee westfall right so, yeah so you're grom all you surf is your spot what was your spot here so we were we uh, were I mean, south we were south side of hermosa pier okay. so we were 10th street so that was that was our street and the pier but there was crews everywhere, and like the best guys in the South Bay surfed 16th Street, which was on the north side of the pier. Hmm. And there was, I mean, that was everybody. That was that was generations of guys. And when it got big, everybody went to the break wall. So like, those were the spots. So you yeah. see the best guys down at 16th, and then when it got big, you'd go watch the who, break who wall. Who were those guys? Do you remember? So in the, the generation before me, um, God, my favorite guy was this guy, Terry Stevens, and he was, how am I blanking him? Uh, oh, there we go. Mike Purpose. Oh, shit. Mike Purpose is one of the best guys to come out yeah, of South Bay, right? Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, still to this day, he's, he's judging high school events down here, the South Bay Surf Series he does. So, that, like, he's still around. He's still making an impact, but, like, you know, he, he, was, the, he was the man. Yeah. And, his guys below him, there was this guy, Terry Stevens, and he was a Hermosa guy, goofy footer, ripped, but just stoked. He was one of those guys that paddled out, and you knew he was paddling out, because he was like, whoop, 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 whoop. And it wasn't like, whoop, get off my wave. It was like, whoop, what's up, just bro? So you know? Sorry. And like, I love I mean, those guys. Yeah. yeah. So like, those were the guys to yeah, me. Yeah. Like, that, that made surfing what surfing was or yeah. is, you know? Yeah. So like, we, we have shit waves. Yeah. And that was one thing Ted always told me. He's like, he's like, Greg, we live in the best place. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, because it's the worst wave. So everywhere you go is better. Yeah. So like, how good is that? Like the base is so low. Yeah. And like, that was one thing that really stuck with me. It's like, yeah, you're right. But yeah. if you can be stoked to surf out here and have guys like that that are older that are so psyched on it. Yeah. So there was guys like that and... You, you know, Ted Ted was off, Frohoff was off, Kelly were off. Those guys were all out on the, the tour. tour when we were little. Yeah. So we would get kind of the, like, you know, the, the local guy that was around. You know, we saw Chris Barella and uh, Eric Kaufman and all these guys, the, the Benavides, uh, Liz and, and Mike Benavides that were surfing break wall when it got good and big. And, you know, you weren't quite there at 12, you know, you yeah. were just watching. And we're talking El Nino years. Oh yeah, most likely, right? Eighty-seven was was big, and that was you know we were twelve, thirteen, you know, yeah. like so. Yeah, there was there was all, always waves. It seemed yeah. like you know, yeah. but it, it was always better too back then. You're like, oh, I remember like the short break was yeah. always bigger and better, and you know, shape was better. But the, but also, yeah, everything was yeah. scaled. You know, so everything as, was scaled. as you get. And, and now at this point, you've been around the world so many times. You're like, well, yeah, it was never like Endo, but it was fun. Yeah. Um, but, but we had this guy that he would, this older guy was retired. Um, he lived at 16th and he'd go film everybody. And that was kind of the thing. So when you started surfing down there, he'd be on the beach filming and, and wow. 
but you kind of had to get an invite. So the Brewer Brothers and uh, Matt Walls. I don't know if you guys remember Matt Walls. I remember Matt Walls. He's a he worked for Caton for a bit. He's a sales yeah. rep for a bit. But he was he was our guy. Yeah. He's seven years older than than me, but he was the guy that didn't just like once every blue moon take you. You. He was on it. He was the guy. There That's was not. I mean, everything came from him. Wow. He was literally like, hey, we got a contest. You're going with me. You guys are going. So it's me and the Brewers, and Matt would drive us everywhere. He would to, never to chisel us. Every event, he would never chisel us for gas money. We'd give him gas money, but he knew, yeah. like, yeah, we had nothing. We had to eat and go and surf, and he just wanted, I think he just wanted surf buddies. Yeah. And, yeah. like, still to this day, one of my best friends, surf yeah. with him all the time. We did a Maldives trip this year. Nice. Um, but he was the guy, yeah, and yeah. because he had the car early, and and like, yeah, took gave us him opportunity to go up and down the coast and, and be like, and, I got a reason, see, see other waves, and then come yeah. home and like surf, and then that guy yeah. that used to film, his name was Howard Eddy, and and he would film, and then we learned how to use his video cameras, old VHS one, and then we learned how to edit on the VCRs yeah. from him. Damn. And then he passed away, had no family, gave the house to Matt. So Matt still has that house. It's it's on the Walk Street in Hermosa. You're Damn. fucking kidding me. And Matt still lets everybody store their boards there. Wow. There's a warm outside shower. Like it, that whole kind of, How you know, cool. everything we had How is still there. rare does that ever fucking happen? So rare. To now, I mean, it's like, it's like, like the sand like is two million bucks. Yeah. yeah. But, so, I'm sorry, but I, I wanted to... Because you, you mentioned that uh, Lee Westfall O'Neill rep, he, yep. he invited you to Malibu. Yep. And how you know we're talking about how shitty the ways are in Hermosa. Oh yeah, Malibu like, is nuts. But I was bodyboarding when when I was like the little kid. I was still bodyboarding half the time. You yeah. Know? So my first session at Malibu was on a bodyboard. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like you know, whitewash. Yeah. You know? But, but there was crazy, rocks, and I was like, crazy, "What is going on?" How here? crazy is it when you go to a different place and you see the different waves? You're just like, "What the fuck?" Well, Malibu not oh, only yeah. just. The wave, but the, the, that like how exposed it's been over, you know, and, and, and you already know about it. You already seen, you know, people rip it and just show up. It's like, but yeah, Ma- but Malibu you see then, it in the magazine. Yeah. yeah. And Malibu then was different. Like it's a, it was a different wave. They've, they've had so much weird stuff happen and it was a different wave and yeah. it was flawless. You yeah. know, yeah. just think yeah. about, yeah. think of, that was our first contest. The first surf contest I ever did 13. We did at uh, Malibu at Kitty Bowls at WSA. Corey Pierce wow. won everything. He would be a great guy for you guys to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> he was literally the best kid. He was. He really was the best. Good. Yeah, you remember. Yeah. From South Bay, too? Or no, he's a Malibu? Malibu area. I think in, in yeah. Malibu, like Agura, I think. But yeah. like, he was our first, like, holy shit, what the fuck is this kid this doing? Like, yeah. He was so good, man. And there it was, was a lot of, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, we'll get to the... Um, that was Strider, you know, there was a lot of guys, but he was he was our guy. He was our age, just like, you just baffled that this, somebody could surf that good at 13, you know? Yeah. The D- WSA, which was your first probably event, I think that's yep. where we all kind of start yeah. out because it's 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 broken up by region, you know? Yeah. You have an Orange County chapter in LA. We have we LA County, have yeah. Central Coast and San... You know, so you got all these... David Lansdowne, I think, was our guy. And, and then he's an African-American guy, I think. 
that ran, ran Zam? Ran oh, Zam. the run, ran that the ran the LA County WSA. Yeah, I think Striders told us that. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't, um, you didn't really compete up and down the coast. No, no. You know? And it wasn't like a an end of the season, like the primes and U.S., you know, whatever they champion, you know? It, no. It, it was just regional, regional. results, yeah. yeah. And then NSSA kind of covered had NSA, a north and south, but then it, it would, you would compete against And then CSA, do you remember CSAs? C- yeah. CSAs. Those guys, what was his name? They had the, I think he had a fake leg, like half leg, was it Mike or something? I don't remember but that. Yeah. My favorite part about CSAs oh. was he had chips and oh. salsa all day. Remember that? Like yes. Huge vats of chips and salsa that it's like, dude, what'd you, what'd you eat today? Chips and salsa. Like all day? Yeah, chips and salsa all day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. <laughs> So when was it, okay, your first sponsor was Body Glove? First sponsor was, was Surf Shops, and then Body Glove was the real kind of sponsor. And so wetsuits before a surfboard? It, it was wetsuits, yeah, because okay. surfboards were, you know, you were just getting them from the shop. So and my first custom was John Lessing, and, oh, and Lessing. he's still here shaping, Lessing. and he's, he's a great guy, and man, like, still to this day, like, I mean, he probably remembers me at 13, but like, I've, you know, stayed in contact with... All these yeah. guys. Nobody yeah. really leaves here. So, is, Ted's so, like the only guy that leaves. I know. Here. And he keeps moving south. So yeah. like he lives in Huntington for a while. Now he's down in San Diego. Ted, and Ted then really years, he'll be just in Mexico. Ted, yeah. Ted will just be in the ocean. Like Ted, <laughs> Ted, is, a, Ted is the ultimate Grom. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Like, we all, yeah, we all know that one. Yeah. So so how did you get hooked up with Body Flip? Uh, it was actually just, that's a great question. Of course it is. You you were ripping, and <laughs> no, like we were. You know what? We were we were always surfing. Like so, we started moving towards the pier more, surfing yeah. more towards Hermosa Pier. And at that time, the the guys, the older guys that were the, the best guys, were Ty Suker. I don't know if you remember Ty and yeah, Steve yeah. Howe. And Steve had just gotten the poster in Surfing Magazine. I think it was at Salt Creek at Gravels. Wow. And uh, he worked at Becker. So you'd see him every once in a while, oh, that's him. But you never really saw him surf too much. You know, he's huh. always surfing better waves than Yeah, he's like... But we'd surf with Ty all the time, and Ty was doing airs. And um, yeah, it was probably right around then. I, and Ted Ted was still... I think he just started working for Body Glove right around there. Mike Balzer was... Yeah, that was it. Mike Balzer was my Body Glove Connect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because he was doing all kinds of probably ads and photos for all their And, their and he guys. was doing Bud Tour and PSAA stuff because yeah. it started with Body Glove. And yeah. and I met Mike and, and uh, yeah, he, he was like the coolest guy I yeah. think I met. Yeah. So how old were you when, when that happened? I think right around 13, 14 Sweet. is when it really kind of happened. So yeah. were you just like fucking ecstatic like well it was like i didn't i I don't even think i i probably got one wetsuit you know like it wasn't anything i think it was 15 is when like because we had more results we were doing a couple nssas you know and then at 16 is when i think we really kind of had that was the first year of the national team and stuff Mm. And then we were just in. Ted was running it, and it was like you just you didn't even need a wetsuit. You just went in and talked to Ted because you could. <laughs> I, I think that was rad, and that yeah. goes back to that surf shop thing and seeing pros. Like, yeah, you, you evolve from you know like 
you're working and hiring within, you know, you got somebody you sponsored, you're grooming them and you're giving them a position after surfing and he was running the body glove team and yeah, what a better person. Local, and and local just star. ripping. Like that was, that was what was cool about body glove then was Scott and Ted were the guys running it and they still surf more than anybody. Hard to get a hold of both of them. Yeah. But you knew like you had a window in the morning and a window in like the early afternoon that they would be in their chair at the office. Otherwise, you knew they would just be in the water, which was cool because that was here. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's kind of crazy. Um, the South Bay, right? It seems like they had more stars coming out of there, out of here, than a lot of other places in sure. those days. And then it's kind of gone dormant. Well, I think I think at that time, Body Glove was was helping. Uh, Kelly Gibson's dad started BA. I don't know if you guys remember that. The, the, little the clothing thing. company? The, the clothing company. And that's how he funded Ted and Kelly to do the tour. I mean, wow. other than that, Chris was had O'Neill and, and O'Neill helped Chris do the tour. But there wasn't money then like, yeah. There, yeah. like there is now. And, and it, I mean, still, I mean, we were... You know, two hundred bucks a month type of stuff. I mean, what can you do for two hundred dollars a month? Even yeah. then, you couldn't do anything. That, yeah, there was just backing of some sort to stay local, and the the PSWA and the Bud Tour gave you little chunks of money for those top guys to be around. But for sure, you still weren't chasing the tour, Ted. Yeah, um, you didn't have to catch flights. Yeah. You were driving, and yeah, Ted and, and Froff were really the guys yeah. that that chased the the proper tour, and and yeah. like I mean, but but you know what I mean, like you. Ted, Chris, Frohoff, Mike Benavides, I mean, even Mike Benavides and Chris Barella, I felt like they they made a name for themselves, right? And those guys were a little bit older than... Yeah, they were the generation um, Ted. above Ted and them. Yeah. yeah. And then and then there was, like, your your generation, but... And I was talking to Sonny McCollum about this. It's yeah. like, you're kind of one of the only guys that really came out of. Well, so so for me, like doing the WSAs and CSAs and then NSSAs, it was all about like, how are you going to get down there and where are you going to stay if you made it to Sunday? Yeah. And we had a huge crew of guys that that from the South Bay when I was growing up that did it. Dickie that, that owned Spider, Daniel Del Castillo up at ET, Danny, yeah. Matt Walls, um, Doug Weems, Chance Barber. There were so many guys. LT Ludwig. There was a big group, and we would have local contests around. And then when high school, when everybody got kind of in the thick of high school, that's where it really like people started dropping out because you have parties to go to, and like, dude, it's all weekend to go to the NSA. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a contest every single weekend, every weekend, and people would just bail out. So then I started, you know, that was when we started hanging out, yeah. and there would be the Brian Stantons in San Diego, well, and, and the, my, well, that my was, favorite guy, and where I went everywhere with was Ryan Simmons. Yeah. Uh, Ryan fucking won everything. Ryan, yeah. Ryan won everything. Yeah. And, and he didn't just win everything. He had the fucking coolest dad in the world. Like, Ed yeah. was so epic that, like, he just said, yeah, this I'm in. This is my life. And it was like, <laughs> yeah. he let us drive the van to Texas for the U.S. Championships. Like, he was, dude, I'm, like, goosebumping thinking, like, how rad that family was. For cool. sure. Yeah. I had the Duffenball family, which was similar because they were, again, Barry was three or four years older than me and Jeff. Jeff's a year older or me, you know? So it's like, we had always somebody when the NSSAs came yeah. around at like 14, yeah. I already had seasoned guys that like were traveling up and 
we were piling in. Piling in. And then yeah. once you started developing relationships with like a Karen Horn and we're going up to Santa Cruz and we go drop in his house or, you know, up here with you or, you know, you're always like creating these little hubs like, hey, my house is open for all you guys when the contest is in town. And that was what, you know, created that cool bond across it's, it's how it had state. to be, yeah. yeah. And, you yeah. Know, and then, it had to be because you're And then dead 15, broke. 16, you're going to Hawaii. So then those guys needed to come in. And, and yeah, it was for me, I just, the minute everybody stopped dropping off, I didn't want to stop. I was still so young that yeah. it was like, I didn't need to party. I didn't need the girls. It yeah. was all about just surfing. surfing. So I would just start staying. And then I was like, when the parties and the girls came, it was like, shit, there's Girls and parties in Huntington. There's girls yeah. and parties in San Diego. Like, I don't know why you guys are stuck here in, in this outfit. Like, there's parties everywhere. Like, yeah, I don't know yeah. why you need to stay here. And it was just the friendships really kind of blossomed in. Yeah. And, uh, you know. But you, you were more talented than some of these other guys. I think I, I just, I, I was I was driven, you and know, driven. To, to do it. And, yeah. and like, you know, we, it was my mom and, and my brother and I, my dad lived inland still. So we'd go every other weekend to see yeah. him. And then through high school, you really stopped and it would be like every Sunday at grandma's. So like there wasn't as much at home. So yeah. it was like, it, it made a lot of sense to go somewhere else to, to find like-minded people. So yeah. I don't know if I was, I don't think I was more talented than other guys that were around here. I just, I think I did a better job of navigating my path, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. and then getting to the point where you're like, okay, you know, are you going to keep competing? What are you going to do? And it was like, you just wanted to keep competing and keep competing because yeah. that's just how you made it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, that was everything you, you obviously wanted to do well in the events, but you, you know, you're always like, okay, I want to beat these guys, yeah. you know, cause you're, Make you're, it right, to you're surfing at you know? home yeah. a lot. And then you come to these events and you're surfing with guys that you don't see that often. And you know, if a guy didn't show up, you don't see him for a month and you come back. I mean, the progression on how fast, you know, that time frame from like 13 to 16 and how everybody oh, progressed and you'd show up at certain spots. You'd be like, like Rob Machado, like he'd just show up and you're like, what the frick just happened? Yeah, I think we you got know? lucky that like those guys had just they, moved on yeah. right right ahead of us. You know, like Rob did half the season yeah. that I won. Half. If he would have done one more, no winning for Greg, you know. Yeah. Like, but, but that was it. Like lucked out that he topped up. But there was guys like Travis Molina that you'd never seen. A, and then all of a sudden a Tamarack event comes around and this – Little Mexican kid just surfs better than anybody. So like, stylish, a little mini current. A little mini current. You're like, yeah. who the hell? And then a Mark Caffey, like yeah. a Mark Caffey surfed events. You're like, yeah. holy crap, Shane Stoneman. Like there yeah. was guys that were just so freakishly talented. Petey yeah. Rocky, holy crap, Petey was he Rocky. good? Yeah. And then Malloy showed up. Oh. Well, and and yeah. Keith showed up, and you're like. Who are these freaking hillbillies? These guys really surf well, and they brought Channel Islands with them. You know, yeah. that was our introduction, or mine was seeing Chris, Keith, and Dan. You know, and Dan was so tiny, but he still surfed really like Dan's always had Dan's style forever. Yeah. So yeah, that was always awesome. Chris had Pepsi as a sponsor on his board. We're like, what the hell? I know, right? Marketing. It was just there was just yeah. a really rad group of California surfers that were all doing like you said like yeah. couching it yeah so like we had donnie solomon was our guy like donnie 
drove and would take Keith. So him and Keith would come up, pick me up, stay at my house Friday, drive early to San Clemente, surf the event, stay at somebody's house down there and then surf the next day. So like there just was, there was amazing camaraderie, yeah. even though it was hyper competitive. Yeah. I mean, Ryan is the most competitive guy I ever met. Yeah. Still is today. But yeah. like, like, man, if it wasn't for Ryan, like I would have yeah. never met half the people with the open arms that I did because Ryan was my friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, right dog. Yeah. And, and, and that was the, the cool thing about what we were doing. You know, we were all wanting to compete, but it was that, that, that those friendships you're building, like I always say, and then like just going and dropping into a town and instantly being accepted and being, and knowing the roots, you're not showing up as a touristy, like yeah. you're showing up with like the roots of that town yeah. and you're going and doing stuff that you would have never even known about. You got the keys to the city pretty much. Dude, pretty, pretty much. You're at the coolest party with the coolest people. Yeah. yeah. Like the amount if you're in the water at the party, you yeah. know, you're, you, it was, it was sick, man. And going back to sponsorships and you know, you're, like you said, there wasn't much at home. Your mom was working and your dad was living inland. Like how crazy is that for your parents to, you know, how proud of you, how stoked are you that you're sponsored and then how stoked is your parents that you're sponsored oh yeah the free clothes was game changing right? yeah that was the that cost, was it like know? hot buttered was my first clothing <laughs> hot buttered and it was eric kaufman was the hot buttered you know he had a surf shop he was one of the best surfers but had a surf shop and what was his shop he, ek it was just ek okay. it was right down on on hermosa avenue um sick Got little it. zone promotion wetsuits lacat LeCat. LeCat, yeah, wow. LeCat. Wasn't that Chris Barella's deal? I think I think LeCat was Barella's, yeah. but my brother was down there, and I wasn't really surfing then. So when I met uh, Eric, it was, you know, he had, the shop was gone, and he was just the rep. And there was a guy here who still surfs out here, and he's amazing, this guy, Jeff Jones. And he was, he was one of those, like, he's a Hermosa guy that you just, like, dude, how do these guys surf so good? Like, yeah. He was a guy, him, Nick Brown, Dennis McGiver, and there was a crew of Hermosa guys that were really good but hadn't gone anywhere, you know? They were, like, literally the best guy from your hometown, right? Yeah, yeah. And he still is. Like, I, I, I love Jeff Jones. He still gets boards from E.T., you know, from Pat. And he took me on the back of his motorcycle to the hot buttered factory on the Pretty 405, right. you know, right. no, no helmets, helmets flying... Yeah. You know, and, and <laughs> trash bags of clothes. So I was holding the two trash bags, you know, 14 and whipping down. We talk about it all the time. So break wall. And he's like, great, remember when we went down with all those clothes? And the, you know, 14 is 30 years ago, you know. So and, and I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I remember. It was the sickest thing ever. <laughs> High five that guy because what was wrong? Where was the where was in like Santa Monica. Oh my god! It's twenty miles on yeah. the freeway, you know, going, dude. He's like on one of those ninja like, bikes. Like, I don't want to crinkle up all the stickers. They're in the bags, like you know. How do you? Oh, dude. How do you hold? So, and if my mom knew, she would have friggin' lost yeah. it, you know. So you, your first clothing sponsor was Hot Butter. Hot Butter. So okay. there's a picture. Right. Yeah, I have. It's like my Hot Butter board, my body, my giant body glow sticker because they were like <laughs> surfboard size yeah. stickers. You what know? was what was your first like uh, mag shop? Uh, balls are at uh, Torrance. So with, pulling like, into a close. I think I was, it was 15. editorial before it was like calendar. A, oh, it was calendar before calendar. Uh, an, a, a sponsor ad. 
Before, yeah. So I think I was 15, 16, and uh, yeah, it was Surfing Magazine. So he was working for surfing, and it was a shitty closeout day down yeah. at Torrance, which is like every day. But the lighting is right. Lighting's perfect here. That's why this place is so great to shoot. The lighting's good. The, the waves are junky, but it is a studio. You didn't have to compete with the, the 90 guys out at Salt Creek with, with those guys down there. Yeah, yeah, and you know, a guy like Mike, like, because I was here, you know, I'd get out and just geek, at, you know, like, he'd develop the photos and he'd show me. I'd come in after, like, catching a few waves and he'd talk to me. He's like, dude, you're sitting in the wrong spot. Like, hey, you need to sit over here and, like, move his arms that way. Fell. Get yeah, some color like, and. Like, he was getting. He was game changing and he shot everybody and like, yeah. you know, it's funny to, as you look back, you're like, where, where were the, who were those people? Where, what were those moments? And like, you know, like you said, there wasn't so many guys coming out of here. So you, you could navigate a lot easier. I don't know. I didn't think, think it was hard to navigate because it just felt yeah. so natural. Like. Yeah. It's like every day that you're like, wow, I wish. And then all of a sudden it would happen. You didn't even get to say your wish and something awesome would happen. You know, you met a guy like Ryan or you met a guy like Mike Balzer. Yeah. Or, you know, you met a Keith Malloy or a Donnie Solomon. And like there was just, there was just past, you know. Yeah. I met think- Laura, met Benji, met Jack. Jack was who I met first. And I stayed at, we, me and Ryan stayed at Jack's house because Ryan was friends with them. <laughs> And then I became friends with him, and Jack would stay with us, and we bounced and you're, you're back. And Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson, yeah. because Jack yeah. was the guy. And then yeah. we met Benji that year when we were 15, but it was, we met was, Benji because we met I think that was Jack. like Easter or like Christmas. You were, Christmas. Christmas, meet Christmas. Okay, it was Christmas, and you're hanging out at the Malloy's right in front of Benji's house. And I was down with, I think, Deffenbaugh, John Moore, a couple guys from Huntington. And we're like, oh, you guys are here. And you guys were, we were both filming, both hanging out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, this is what you do, man. You get, scrap a few hundred bucks together and you're going to Hawaii. And for two or three weeks. Yeah. Because yeah, you had school break, you know, because yeah. you had to go to school. And yeah. I don't know where this whole thing of not going to school came from, but it wasn't part of my oh, world. Like, oh. We were, you had to go to school and you had, had to, to pull it off yeah. and like. Because your parents didn't, they had no concept that, that there was another route, you know? Like, yeah. it was, you have to go to school. Duh. Like, you're going to be a pro surfer? Like, yeah. what is that? What? Yeah. You're crazy. So, exactly. what, what was your first surf trip then? <sighs> the first... Probably SSA team trip? No, you probably went we somewhere. Did, we did, no, because I, I got, we got real lucky. My mom's dad lived in Hawaii. Oh. Um, and my uncle did. So we first, my parents sent my brother and I over there. We were 13 and 15 on the South Shore. And he lived right behind Fort DeRussi, which is like right in front of Kaiser. So that was our first thing. So at 13, it was it was really like we had a month in Hawaii. Damn. My brother and I, and my grandpa was retired. And he would just be like, hey, here's the key. There's food in the cupboard. Like, yeah, come home when you're done, you know. Like, there was no rules, you yeah. know? So, that was... 13, the, 15 in Hawaii on the South Shore? That was the year North Shore came out. The movie North Shore no came out. No fucking way. Uh-huh. Did you watch it in I watched Hawaii? it in the theater on the South Shore with my buddy Bobby Dobby, who is an amazing artist now, but, like, he was there with his family randomly, and... Bobby like, Dobby? Bobby Dobby. Yeah, he's an incredible artist, but... Dude, you had no phones. I don't even know how I hooked up. I think I saw him at the beach, and then I was like, holy shit, you're here. And I was like, yes, yeah. I got a buddy, you know, because my yeah. brother 
bailed obviously pretty pretty early on like yeah. first week he's like yeah he's not hey, hanging bro. out with little brother anymore <laughs> yeah you know? i'm gonna hook up with some chicks but it was yeah. sim- it was simple you had the waves like right there you, there's i mean tons of food and entertainment you know people yeah, they're right? in hawaii yeah. is it? all time all and that time. was that was like the start that was the hook and then when i got a couple mexico trips with the guys up at the surf shops would take me down and then started going to the malibus and the you know when the contest started it was like you started just exploring. Really, the surf trips were there. My yeah. first sponsor trip was El Salvador with Quicksilver. Wow. And I was 16, and it was me and Morkum, and the older so, guys were Juan Ashton and Dean Randazzo. Wow. So before you, we talked about that trip, you, you left Hot Buttered. How'd you get Quicksilver? So Hot Buttered stopped. Hot Buttered stopped. It, it just okay. stopped. Like they, I don't know if it was a licensing thing or what, but it just stopped. So Body Glove was always there, but Body Glove at that time was really just focused on wetsuits. Yeah. Quicksilver was just wetsuits. Billabong was just wetsuits. Everybody was just very, very niche, yeah. you know? Like yeah. was, I mean, you guys know that. So it was like I always had Body Glove and I always had Scott and Ted to kind of help me navigate through the whatever cloudiness that, that I came across, you know, and then what were my friends doing? And all those yeah. guys were like the best guys. They had no problems with sponsors, you know, it's harder to come it, out of here. But it was Quicksilver and Billabong were the, yeah. the people. Yeah. 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 And, and so quick, I, I, Taylor Wisenen was, was the team guy at Quicksilver and Danny was running it. And because I had, you know, the at Howard filming, I had footage, which nobody had at that time. And it was good footage, so like I put it together, I put a Nirvana song. I was right you when put Teen a spot Spirit to be taped together, bro. Right when right when Teen Spirit came out, like had it like not out out, but like you know people were getting it. And yeah. So brought that in there and sat down with Danny and Taylor, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, this is a sponsorship. You know, they let me go through the warehouse and get clothes." And it was like, it was hey, crazy because hey, it was Quicksilver was the brand to ride for. It was, and, and oh, for coming sure. coming yeah. from from Hermosa, like you know, like yeah, it, it just meant you 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 broke out of your bubble, you yeah. know, and like somebody was there, and then that was a, a really low tier system, you know, so it wasn't like it didn't last very long, you know, it, it went through the first year of the NSA or first two years, um, like 16, 15, 16, 17. And then Paul Gomez showed up and Paul was the Billabong guy. And then Paul just, Paul and Chewy Reina were really like, I don't know, they were the original originators of spotting talent and then just making, making a vibe, you know, and they had a more professional approach to like grabbing kids. Not yeah. just scouting, but grab, scouting and going, but but taking care of the kids and showing up to the events and making sure, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how many times I rode for Quicksilver and I slept on the floor in Paul's, like, hotel rooms because he would pile a bunch of kids in there yeah. for the events. And to me, like, that, that that's, a, that's, like, the truest fact is Paul, when you didn't ride for him, was almost better than when you <laughs> rode for him because he was so welcoming yeah. that when you rode for him, you're like, dude. He rides for Quicksilver, like, yeah. like, hey, maybe you buy me an extra donut, you know what yeah. I mean, and not have Jay sleep on the floor type yeah. of deal. But his mom, like, dude, we're, I don't know where we're staying. Hey, like, you got room? <laughs> I was there, and I didn't ride for Paul then, and it was like, but Paul had room for us, you know, like, yeah, but like Paul, Paul Gomez, like, I mean, uh, he is properly responsible for like our the you know the momentum generation of yeah. guys having support 
and the low end, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I know, I know, where, I know where I'm at on this on this tier. Like, the guys that were barely surviving to work, you know, I had jobs, real jobs, you know, and that's how I pulled it, yeah. and that's how I got it. I was not getting all these checks to make it, or I would never I, do good in a contest to make any money. Are you kidding me? There was you know? very few. I think we all worked. I worked at certain sport and, and side hustled for sure. It was like after school from four to nine or four to ten on the you know at nights. And yeah, there was only so many guys that were making the the money to not yeah. do that, yeah. and and you really could see. Like, I mean, I got to a point where I was like. Shit, I'm I'm never you know I'm never gonna beat Ross. I look up to Ross. He's a you know yeah. a year older than me, but like he's one of my favorite surfers. Like you can't have that and know that and then beat that. Like that that was my thought. Is like I've already topped myself out. So how can I you know finish surfing and still do surfing in a way that you know I'm not gonna I'm gonna have to find another way. You know because yeah. I'm not gonna beat Kelly. I'm not gonna beat Rob. And I'm not gonna beat Ross. You know so. After amateur surfing, when did you turn pro? We right when we all graduated high school was really like we were doing. I think it was that that last that senior year in '92. We were all doing bud tours, but not taking the money. And they did like Dude. when we first started doing them. They did heat win money. It was like a yeah. hundred bucks if you won your heat. Yeah, but we couldn't take it. Yeah. So I don't know where that money is. <laughs> but I never got it. Yeah. And I won a few heats. Yeah. You know, maybe not a lot, but I won a few and yeah. there should be some money floating around. Yeah. The compounded interest right now, like <laughs> I mean I could buy a car right now. No, but like I, I got my money. Did you? Yeah. It was probably like you know, Mark probably has your money. You I think, probably I think do yeah. so Thanks for doing this. I feel yeah. good. I got my uh, <laughs> acai cards. Um Asahi. Yeah, I was like 18, 18, got my Asahi. Uh, at 18 is pretty much where like, that was where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. What identified me as making pro? Nothing other than I had already been such an asshole to Janice and Gaylene <laughs> that I wasn't going back there, you know? And it's funny because I think I'm like the nicest person in the world, at least I tried to be, but like, I was a proper shit kid to those two ladies and yeah. they didn't deserve about, it. Complain about <sighs> What did I complain or? about? No, I didn't because the, the guys that they judge had judging, the head judges, the judges, they were all like, I mean, the surf industry is made up of people that love surfing and yeah, they might yeah. not be the best surfers, but they're just passionate people. And yeah. every one of those guys and girls, I mean, I would still consider a friend today. Like, I mean, Bobby Lockhart was our our coach for the, I don't know, half a year. I saw Bobby Lockhart. I saw him down at at the pier the other weekend. And like, he serves a lot still. God, he he fucking ripped, man. What a cool style. And his brother, are you kidding me? Like those two guys were the sickest guys to have at a concert. Keller, like there was just, so for, for me, like just, it was just, you're just figuring out who you are. And like the, the, you know, you had to have your NSSA sticker on, you had to do it this way, but, you know, the relationships were changing then. Like, they didn't have the clout that they did. Like, you got to that point and you're like, this is it? It's like you pushed the facade over. Yeah. No way. Like, I, did, they I, were I not... had a bunch of friends, sorry to interrupt, but I had a bunch of friends that were on the national team, you know, you, Simmons, like D Ball, you know, like all the guys. And I just didn't want, I mean, I wanted to be on the team just because and travel with the, as a group and say you're on it, but I didn't want those stickers on my board. I didn't want to, I wanted to just have Quicksilver, you know? Yeah, and for, you know, our time, the guys in front of us were Pat, Casey Curtis, 
um, Benny. Rob, and they were, they just looked like the pictures that were getting taken of them were like, I don't know, just really iconic. And then when we got there, it was like, I don't know, I just, it didn't, it, it lost the kind of oomph, you know, it mm -hmm. lost that power. And then it was like, I don't know. I honestly yeah. like I'll blame myself. I was an ass. Like I would I wouldn't put the sticker on and then they would give me grief and I'd be like, You stickers suck and I what a fucking punk, you know? Like <laughs> they didn't deserve that. I mean those two ladies have done more single handedly or collectively between the two of them for surfing for in sure. yeah. America and all over the world because I can't our, picture you being I know what an ass life. you should ask both of them I, they'd be like I fucking hated that kid I bet like what a so what, was it like an ongoing thing like it wasn't it was a year I went back and did NSSAs when I started working at, at Body Glove again that was Scott was like hey we are NSSA yeah, yeah. and like you're gonna be down there every weekend so like start doing the masters and have fun and and yeah. I, I I think I probably I would like to say I apologize if I didn't apologize <laughs> Janice Galene I apologize for being a little shithead kid and grown up since but you know like yeah. you just yeah. didn't realize but at that time I I think I just was wanting something else that yeah. we just gone past it that was yeah. it yeah. we just kind of leveled past it yeah. and I'm 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 kind of curious though when when you said you you it was less there was a facade and less you it was less than what you expected i think you wanted some more like support you, like, well you wanted it to be some you wanted that that sticker to be what it felt like it was on the outside like uh -huh. to me it felt like i was part of this this group like the robs and those guys that were like they were going somewhere yeah whereas when we got there it's like okay so what did What's we? Next? What did we get? Like yeah. we got Bobby. Like I think we did two workouts with Bobby or three workouts with Bobby Lockhart, and it was like, and that was kind of it. And we did a trip to Brazil that was the most chaos I've <laughs> probably to this day was the gnarliest trip I've ever been on. The guy I stayed with was a coke dealer, and they just they put you with families. I didn't see the beach for four days. You're kidding! I didn't see any of the other guys on my trip. Keith was staying on the beach with this guy that was taking him to surf spots. Eating You're good food. Land. I'm you in Sao Paulo with like at a I didn't eat for like a day. Shut and then I went on Coke runs with this guy. Shut the front door. Cover this up. Got my first blowjob, you know, on that trip. At 50, like I was in a the weirdest like party zone of like, how am I here? Yeah. How, Did you how, think you were gonna like never come home? Dude, it was so it was terrible. And I told all these guys like you guys have no idea what happened. They're all laughing like, yeah, right. And we surfed against the Necopaderots and his crew. That's so crazy. And, but like I came home from that trip. I got reprimanded because I had told them that I had a beer. I told one of the other guys and then I got reprimanded from them. Uh, Tom Bougino was on that trip. I but pants, it's not your I pants fault. Tom on the plane. That was not smart. Um, I think it was just that that time you just started doing these things. Sorry, Tom. Yeah. Um, Jody Downs was on that trip. Her mom was the only parent that went with us. Wow. Banning Caps and his sister. Dang. They went and stayed with some religious family that like they were speaking in tongue, like some cult thing that they got stuck at, and they would like knock them out. And then they would start wiggling and dancing around and then speaking in tongues and then they'd snap them back into like... The, the bannings or... The bannings. Like, no way. Wow. Like this whole trip was out of control. There was like, no like 
supervision. No, like there was no organization. Yeah, there was no structure because because you're doing the couch thing, you know. But on on sending kids internationally like that, and that was really like, really, you're gonna bust me for drinking beer. Yeah. And and like after all that, like, do you realize like the guy that I was saying was a coke dealer? Like, and I went on coke runs. Like, I'm not making it up. That happened. Yeah. You know and. So I, I think yeah, all of that, yeah, all of that was really weird. And when I got home, I mean, my mom was single, single mom, but she was strict. So like, you got beat down, like ping pong paddle, wooden spoon. When those broke, it was a metal spatula that would never broke, but wow. would welt the crap out of your butt, you yeah. know? So like, gosh, I wish we could whip, whip our kids sometimes. Dude, <laughs> dude. You hear that, Grams? I'm just kidding. Yeah, listen. But it was, you know, wow. it, was, it was, it was just one of those things. I think it was just that kind of teen angst to like. Okay, yeah. you got to get out and figure some, what's next, you know. And what were the jobs uh, that you did while while you were in high school? And- so I worked at the chart house, which was like every surf guy surf worked dream. at the chart house. <laughs> yeah, it was the dream job. And yeah, busboy or waiter or what? No. So the way that they started back in those days was everybody started dishwashing. That oh. was it. Your whole first month minimum was dishwashing, and then you moved to the salad bar and potentially topped out at the salad bar depending on your age and I was you know 16 17 so junior senior year of high school and um where the chart house overlooked the ocean chart right? house is right at the Redondo they, break wall. they yeah. had all the best locations oh like, yeah that's what they're they were I known know. for how did they and do it, that it's and, crazy because surfers started the chart house right surfers start surfers and skiers started yeah. it and and I remember getting that job going like and everybody hung out together. Yeah. Everybody. And I was like, I'm never fucking hanging out with these people. What are, <laughs> what is your guys' problem, you know? Sure enough, like two months in, these yeah. are like the greatest people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> I'm hanging out with them 24-7. I have my first beer with them. Like I cleaned the salad bar like 500 times. And Tim Roderick, who was the head waiter, sat down and handed me my first beer. And I was like, I didn't, the beer's gross, yeah. but like. The fact that he, like, yeah. this guy, you yeah. know, like... Breaking bread, you know, hey, you, you paid your dues, and it's time to, like, you know... It was, and there, exactly. was, there was a reward. lot there. It was a reward. Yeah, yeah. and, like, that and was it. That's how, I got it. To, that's how I got to Hawaii. One of the years, I was, I was like, low on money, and one, we were at one of the bars, and one of my buddies goes, whoever drinks this bottle of Tabasco sauce, I'll give 200 bucks for it. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm already hammered. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I'm leaving, like, tomorrow. Like, I'm in. Yeah. So it was like... It got up to like 250, boom, kicked out, held it in for 15 minutes, and it was like death. But like, you did anything to get yeah. the money to, to pull it off, you know? I ate a moth for 200 bucks. He did. Really? On the crossing from no, Penang to... No, I don't think it was on the crossing, because no, we were parked to, like close to the island that night, oh, and okay. the lights attracted... Not a moth, dude. A freaking pterodactyl. <laughs> like the big, like, like big. Let's yeah. just say it's by hand. Let's just yeah. say it wasn't one a single bite like moth. Did you have to take like multiple bites? All of oh it? yeah. He had to rip the wings off just so he could like, like take. The, yeah, it was, got two hundred something bucks. Though. Never two. didn't get sick. No. Yeah. I kill shit with my stomach. He. Yeah. See, yeah. I, he, I, he I have had plenty like, of beers to like wash it down with, but. Yeah, it was gnarly. That was kind of my. I just figured I'm throwing up anyway, so I might as well just try to get 200 bucks out of this. Yeah, but yeah. I worked at Chart House. I worked at. I've worked at every single surf shop in the South Bay, and we have a lot of surf shops. Yeah. 
But like every probably, single surf shop, they'll probably all give you a story of how shitty of an employee I was. Because if they had a TV with surf videos on it, like that's know, all you do. I am locked in. There is tunnel vision. Like <laughs> really? Like come on. This is like I lost. Just fire me now. You know. What? Well, it's funny because because you're an exceptional surfer, right? You're 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 young Grom, kind of like okay. I'm going to work at a surf shop, right? And and not that I'm saying that you probably had an attitude, but when you're that good of a surfer, you kind of do have an attitude. Yeah, it's funny. I had an attitude you know I mean? for sure. I don't I don't know. Like I don't I, I mean, my but, attitude I remember with NSSA, like I was a shit. Yeah. But the surf shops like I started like I hung out at competitions, so I was just a shop grom. But I never worked, like I never got paid. They were already out of business by the time I was like working age. Yeah. The guys that owned Surf Concepts were competition guys that opened their own shop and they were on the north end of town. And they were like, God, like some of the first supporters I had. Like they paid for me to do the NSSA the first year, bulk rated me. Wow. So, oh, wow. They Game changing. Eric, Eric, Eric Nakaji, Ross Yamamoto, like salt of the earth people, um, yeah. came from the competition crew under Ronnie Jones. Yeah. Pef Ike, you remember Pef? They yeah. owned the house next to Jack, the, yeah. the Ikes. They were like, Pef was, you know, he's like the icon of this area for never, you know, being a pro surfer. Like, and he's crazy at sunset, crazy on the North Shore, but like, he rode for those guys and was buddies with those guys. So you met Pef, oh, I know this guy, you know, but them and then worked at ET for a little bit, never longer, worked at Spider, you know, I, I worked with Dennis a lot. Yeah. He was probably like... He was our main board sponsor for quite a while. He was a main board sponsor and like our our path was like... He set a path for us and that was at that time was like... He was one of the only guys to, to really say like, hey, you're my guy and we're going. Yeah. And, and that like... I think that's really like when I think of where we were at at that time, like I know Wooly, that's what Wooly said to Troy Eckert. Yeah. And I mean, Troy out of our group was... Out of the California guys, I, I thought Troy was one of the better ones. For Him sure. and Pat Moss were two guys. Pat Moss and Quicksilver talking about like guys earlier. Yeah, they were Quicksilver yeah. guys, but but really they were just really dominant surfers. Like they had per they had really nice style. They really knew how to ride any wave. Um, Pat was just fucking fearless. He was an animal. Yeah. And whereas Troy was like a bro. Like yeah. that, how would you describe Trey? Yeah. I don't know, he's the fucking coolest guy I know. <laughs> yeah, he was cool. He he's the coolest guy I know. Yeah, you and, know? and Pat was like, he was a dick in the water, he was a dick on land, and he, he had a chip, you know, he was just one he of those. He did, but Pat and, and Chris Thompson, like, got in a fight at that poor white Nimi on a guy that wanted to, like, fight me. And he was a little kid, and they, like, fought him. I was like, oh, yeah. you guys are rad. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah, like, Troy was that guy. And I remember when Troy's like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing, Volcom, and I'm, like, not going to go with you guys. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. 17, 18? Like, You're how? talking about Quicksilver. When, when, when Volcom. Willie started Volcom. Oh. Like, he, he brought Troy on day yeah. one. No, no, no. I know, but um, you're talking about Pat Moss. You're talking about... Troy. Willie Morris. Oh. Yeah, so what were you saying? Like, uh, Oh, no. It, so, I don't know. I go everywhere. No, he's just saying, like, the, the, the team, the crew that you would go, you know, you yeah, know go lot, on trips with or whatever. Like, Quicksilver was doing all kinds of... Yeah, and you just, you never, I, my point is, you never really had anybody that was, that was anybody of stature that said, like, hey, you're my guy and I'm going to take you. 
It was always like, hey, will you sponsor me? It was never like they came to you with like... And you're talking Dennis Jobs. Yeah, and Dennis was the first guy that came to me and just said, hey, you're my guy and we're going to rule the world. And I was like... Can we talk about that? So... Sure. How old were you... Because you ride for Quicksilver, right? So I rode for Quicksilver, then I rode for Billabong, and then I rode for Caton, and then I rode for Quicksilver, and then rode for Body Glove. So kind of bouncing around yeah. and maneuvering really just to, to survive in the lifestyle that we were trying to have, you know, and yeah. like not working other jobs at that point. Yeah. So just work in the like okay i got a photo incentive like hey you guys haven't paid me and it's been 45 days like hey you know and this so, this and the photo incentives were really good back then yeah when was it when dennis said you're my guy like who so i was 19 okay. um i had just come home from hawaii and i was riding for channel island <laughs> and had a great relationship the merrick family was amazing because of the boys yeah um how long did you and, for, and, for, and, for a couple and of years? Quicksilver, like Danny and Wooly were super tight with those guys. Quicksilver, uh, yeah, yeah. There was really neat relationships. Like yeah. when you rode for this person, they would link you up with these guys. Yeah. Like it was, it was really fun yeah. to be able to not have to do it all on your own and get help for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they kind of were like, okay, we're this brand. We're gonna meet with our partners who make boards and our partners that make wetsuits. Like. I mean, I, I stopped riding for Body Glove the first time when Gothard, uh, John Gothard started Quicksilver Wetsuits, right? Yeah. So, like, that was my intro to Quicksilver Wetsuits. I was like, this guy is awesome, you know? Yeah. Like, he was epic. Yeah. yeah. He still is. We he had is. him on the podcast. He's amazing. Yeah, he's, he's such a solid human. And, yeah. like, I mean, those are, those, are, those are those guys that you meet that, you know, they, they were better than you were in their time. But you never knew it. Yeah. Right? Until you started like, oh, yeah, this guy at Quicksilver Wetsuits. And they're like, really? You know him? Like, yeah. do you know who he is? Yeah. Do you know how good he was? You, yeah. And you didn't because... You're just naive, but you also don't read... They're a generation ahead of you. Like, yeah. you know. But how much more did you respect the guy after you found out? Right? You know what was crazy? Yeah. For sure. But, like, he was so epic that, like, it just made him more epic yeah. if that's possible yeah. you know because he was just so rad of a guy but dennis going back to dennis yeah. is is it was yeah he was you know i my did you I came back from what before i did i did as a little kid okay um and because he's a, a fixture yeah he is yeah. and and he was an amazing surfer and he always had the best guys in our area riding his boards there was you know when we were kids coming up the best guys were doug weems and chance barber and they were riding spider boards and they would be in spiders. So as a little shit Hermosa kids, you'd go up there, whoa, there's yeah. a chance, you know, he's a year older than me, you know, but, ooh, so, yeah. yeah, you always had this idea that he was, you know, an incredible surfboard shaper, but just never really met him, you know, in that regard. So we were in Hawaii. My mom calls me and says, we're selling the house. Oh. Um, where we sold your car. I had this little shitty Chevette. It was, I called the turtle. She sold it for $300. Like, why didn't you just keep it? You know, but in Hawaii, so they sold it. I had to, when I got home, my stuff was going to be at grandma's house and I had to figure out where to live. So I lived like 
I was just talking to Dennis and Dennis is like, dude, I got an extra room in my house. Like, this is it. We're in, buddy. Like, we're partners. We're doing this. And wow. it was epic. I, you know, those are those things you don't realize at 19 or yeah. 18, however old you are, that like how great of an opportunity it is, um, how much... And- how how much interaction did you have with them before? Not enough. I mean, I worked at the shop. I was working at the shop a little bit. Yeah. And we were, you know, like, they were classic. The guys at the shop, like, they, you know, we had poker nights. And all of those epic things you did at yeah. the shops, you know, which yeah. made surf shops, surf shops, right? You hung out with the guys that worked there. Yeah. Um, so we do that stuff. But I think he just saw the potential with, like, our crew of friends at that time was... Really, the guys that were making the next push. Yeah, they we were, were the mags. They were there, yeah. and and he, you know he probably yeah. saw it. If you asked him, he probably saw a, a, a way in. Um, I mean, because at that time he was making a big push, and yeah, I mean Benji was on the boards, Ross yeah. was on the yeah, boards, Benji, Ross, yeah, but, in, but like Kurt, Kelly rode boards, Shane rode boards, Curran and Curran rode boards. But you were instrumental in bringing those guys. Yeah. Well, they stayed, so they stayed at my house when I had a house, and yeah. then when I lived with Dennis... Then they started staying. They stayed with us at Dennis's yeah. house, so yeah. like... I wanted to make a point of that, yeah. because, you know, talking to Sonny McCollum this morning, he goes, yeah, you know, he, Greg won't say it, but he's probably the guy that helped fucking Spider blow up when Spider blew up with yeah. having all the guys riding for him, Conan, Ross... So Dennis, Dennis is... Dennis is, I would say, like an artistic genius. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and it doesn't matter what he does, he does it better than anybody else can do it. A lot of times, though, that personality can stifle relationships. Yeah. Um, because nobody's ever going to do it as good as he can. And that leads you always wanting and expecting something you're never going to get in return. So f- for me as that age, like I'll bring everybody here because it's easy. They're going to come yeah. here anyways. Yeah. You know? yeah, so right. I really wasn't doing anything out of the norm for me. He was a guy that was making great surfboards. He was talking to those guys and the little bits that they would give him yeah. and where he was already going was, yeah. I mean, he did everything, yeah. you know, and he ran the business, he made the boards and like, he air sprayed, he glass, he yeah, like, his he, hands on. Well, I was I was at Huntington Surf and Sport when right. you guys were right. building the team, and you know we started carrying spider boards, and it was just like wow, here's a it was like a, a up and coming upstart brand, hundred percent. You know? unless you're from here, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, back then it was rusty. And Channel Islands. Yeah. Like, they were the dominant force in board building and boards. And really, there wasn't that much competition. Yeah. And then Spider was like, whoa, these are the new kids on the block. So right? he had he had a real... I mean, he's got a great business mind. He had... Japan at that time was, was really big into Blowing surfing yeah. and snowboarding, right? I yeah. mean, snowboarding was on. Then. Yeah. And this uh, company, Mirasaki, which had... Yeah. You know, I think they have a... They have tons of shops yeah, now, but tons, they had 30 yeah. at that time. And he partnered up with them, and they were not the most core company, but they were consistent. They paid bills. They fronted money to establish the relationships and to you know, follow Dennis's vision. Yeah. And that 
at that time wasn't happening, you know, because you did have those industry staples. So yeah. who is this guy? Like, why would I believe this guy from, you know, a two by two town that, you know, is going to tell me like, hey, I need to put in, you know, however much money to because he's the best surfboard shaper in the world. Yeah. And then Kern's riding his boards. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I believe you. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that was it. Yeah. That was it. And but but that's just a contest, you know, contestment of how good he was and like how good his boards were. You know, he could, I mean, everybody on the planet wanted to get a board to current, you know, yeah. like he's the man, like here, people, you know, but the fact that, you know, he rode them and all of you guys rode them. Yeah. And I mean, you were, that was before momentum generation really. Yeah. So took ta- Taylor on, made right? momentum, momentum. Two, and it was right when Focus was getting ready to come out. And that's Focus was really the launch of Spider. Uh, everybody on Spider boards. Yeah. Like Ross, Benji, Conan, and myself were all on his boards at that yeah. time. Uh, the other videos, they weren't. This was this was it. Focus and, was the video that. And it was, and that was like the big tour video. So yeah. that was the first tour that went around the world with the bands, you know, with Pennywise and yeah. with everybody. And Sonny McCollum said, you were directly responsible for Pennywise being introduced to Taylor Steele. So we, you know, you're here in the land of punk rock. So yeah. my brother had gone to high school with with the drummer Byron, and you would, you know, you always want to go. The coolest people watch Pennywise and listen to Pennywise. So their first album came out, and we were in Hawaii, and I gave it to Taylor because Taylor had made Momentum, and I was like, Momentum, I think, was it? Yeah, no, it was, it was right there. It was right before. He had made, uh, like, Seaside and Beyond is when we met Taylor, right? So he was right getting ready to do everything. And, you know, Taylor's an insane music man. Yeah. So, like, he was all about it. And they have epic music in San Diego. But I just passed it off. And we would just geek and listen to it. Yeah. And then from those guys, there was Strung Out. And then there was... I mean, there's everything. Everything kind of came through, but it wasn't like I gave it to them and all of a sudden, like, they're yeah. awesome. No, they were both awesome, and it was just, I was just the middleman that handed the tape over, yeah. you know? But but it sounds like a small thing, but it is one of the big things that helped launch Pennywise to the surf community. Well, those, those guys are surfers and skaters. So, yeah. like, I mean, if you can do something with like-minded people, it's just, yeah. a, you know, the, yeah. the camaraderie and chemistry is there, so... Yeah. And every one of those guys are like the most epic humans ever. So it's like that happened and it was just game on. So what's Lars showing us? I'm just showing, showing him an old photo. Oh, yes. Is this from oh, Hammer? From Hammer. He just sent it to me like a couple weeks ago. So 1990s in front of Malloy's residence, Ventura. L.R. Steele, Browning, Keith, Danny, Joe Kern, and some random locals in me. Ching. Yeah. yeah. Let me see. Uh, so... Our friend Fred Hammer, he he, uh, we reconnected because because he's fucking epic. He's fucking epic. He yeah. sent me a whole goodie, goodie bag of some punk rock posters and stickers and yeah, shit. Yeah, he does like full fanzines that are insane. Yeah, insane, insane. Yeah, Fred. So we, we were just psyched. Like it was just on. Like there was a really good music movement. There was good surfing. There was. I mean, you've couch surfed with every single one of these guys for so long. Like, your just network of friends that were going places was massive. Yeah. So going back to when you're 
first like video part was. You, you said the, I mean, you were videoed way before Taylor okay. Seals videos, right? Yeah. Um, what was your first like video part? What brand and well, the, the the video, the first like Taylor's video was the first video of substance. I think um, I had one wave in Momentum Two, um, and a couple waves in the credits, and. My question to Taylor was like, what do I need to do? As everyone else was doing, what do I need to do? And he's like, you just don't surf fast enough. Like all these guys surf faster than you. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, but I, I didn't look at it like, what a dick. He didn't say it in front of a room of people that yeah. like I considered myself equals of. Like yeah. he just said like, you know, I was up there. Because I was always into filming and always into editing. So like... Yeah. I'm looking at every fucking nuance I could, you know, the, the smallest detail. I'm looking, you yeah. know, like we had our, our buddy that Ty Suker, that was the guy doing airs here above us, was like, "You guys are blowing it. You're just watching the good ways. Watch the bad ways. Watch what you messed up." And that from that day on, we're like 13, and it's like, so you're watching everything. You're watching, yeah. hey, why'd you kick out? Was, you could have hit that wave, or yeah, why did you paddle and not go? You know, like what did you do wrong? So when Taylor said that, I was like oh shit, how do I surf faster? So then I was like, okay, I guess I just need to surf faster. So every time I went surfing... That's so fucking crazy. All I said was faster. Taylor, you know, he's the eye behind the lens watching it, but then he's re-watching it on a screen like... Editing. A thousand times. Over and over and over. You know, how... He's able to pull out those nuances and when he's watching X, Y, and Z surfers do this and these other, you know, like... Okay. He's a... I, I get that. I, I get that. But for somebody like you, right, who deflating, it's deflating because <laughs> you're you're you, know what? you are who you are, and you've gotten to where you've gotten because of how you surf, right? Yeah, you know what? That's that's an interesting one because I don't think it is because there's a million guys that surf better than me. There's a million and one guys that surf better than me, but it's it's a combination of. Of right place, right time. How do you? What talent do you have? What your personality is like? Because if I'm gonna go on a trip with you guys for a couple weeks, like you want to be, and I and I don't mesh in. Like I don't care how fucking good you surf, bro. Like you're not not coming. You're not coming. So a lot of that, and that was, you know, that was kind of Taylor never said that, but every other guy on that trip, like you know, Benji's an incredible surfer with incredible style, but you've never met a more just <laughs> difficult travel but but like he's the funniest guy in the world he's yeah. the funniest guy in the world he's the funniest guy in the world so it doesn't yeah. matter like you're gonna deal with everything that comes along with that guy because the trip is not even close to as good as it is if he's not there yeah you know and Donovan another guy like are you kidding me like those yeah. and how they yeah so it so, wasn't for me it was like it was the right time yeah for me to hear it um I mean I asked a question I wanted an answer yeah. So so was it momentum two? You said momentum two. I had one, one wave. wave, a reverse, and then I had two waves from lowers in the credits. In the credits, and and then, and, and, and I didn't want to part. I really just wanted to yeah. to to be better. Yeah, you know. And then you thought to yourself, okay, I'm gonna ask this guy how I can get more waves. Well, in yeah, we're three know. or four years into friendship, so yeah. like I just asked, what do I what do I need to do? And he's like, you need to surf faster. So you, so I just told myself like, okay. Faster. So, you know, like there's little things that the more you think when you surf, the worse you do. Yeah. But <laughs> oh if you gosh. have like one single thought 
it's yeah. a real easy to stay tuned to it. So like that's why I always say to people that like I'm working with, I said to my grom, I say it's Tati, like, hey, what's the word? Like for me, it's faster. Like yeah. that's the word I would say. Like just go fast, Greg. Just go fast. Yeah. I get it. I like I paddle in the way fast. I would go down the line fast. You know, growing up here, like. Yeah. If you're not fast, it's crazy. Like, you're, miss, you're missing the whole yeah. life. Yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> How are you not already fast? Because you're in the land of closeouts. That's the weirdest part is <laughs> yeah. you, you just, but I wasn't looking. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't looking. So it, it was neat to see that. It, it helped the time with the confidence that I got from Dennis at that time yeah. um, by what he was up. asking me. Um, Taylor saying that, like there was just so many things that really came together yeah. and I just had I had support. Like I yeah. had confidence from from people supporting me, people loving me, people being behind who I was and a fucking great group of friends. Yeah. Yeah. A great group of and, friends. And I think prior to that kind of momentum generation is you traveled with your local guys yeah. or you were part of a team like a like a Quicksilver team or Billabong team and you traveled with just the team guys. Yeah. You know, this was Guys we met competing from 13 on. Yeah. And an eclectic group of everybody living from somewhere, but you all came together into the next chapter of our surfing career. You know? Different levels and different conditions and different places. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's like, dude, we hung and slept and now we go on a surf trip overseas. It's like we were doing the same thing. But just not on a a friend's couch like down the street or the next city over. We're doing it on another continent. And it was like, it would be kind of like, you know, Taylor would show you the videos afterwards. So you'd watch everybody, you know, and like how many guys, like there was a certain, the guys that all had like real parts, like they're getting one or two keepers a session. Yeah. Like I'd be lucky to get one keeper like a month. You know what I mean? Like where Taylor's like, hey, you got one. I'd be like, you know, like it was, it was ex- ex- exciting, you know, but yeah. like people had no idea, like the different level, like. And now we're in a whole nother competitiveness outside of a jersey and a competition. Like, Video parts. Like just free surfing. Like yeah. you were. Free surfing. You know, you wanted to not split the peak with anybody, you know? No joke. Like even though like. Yeah, camera only films one guy. Yeah. yeah. And, you and know. And if you're splitting with Kelly, come on, let's be honest with yourself. Yeah. And there'll be guys. <laughs> you ain't getting filmed. Yeah. There'll yeah. be guys catching everything. There'll be guys just anchored down for that one gym. That, you know, like it was a full. That's funny that you guys are talking about it was what. A, what you know, because no one thinks about this. Yeah. Yeah. No one thinks about like, oh shit, the strategy of not surfing in a contest, but surfing to get a part. Our, our groups at some time got so big where, you know, Taylor would have a, 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 you know, a cameraman or two. And at certain spots, you know, like say South Africa, where the waves were good, they would divide the group up and say, hey, one group's going to this surf spot, another group's going over there. Yeah. And... You know, depending on how you were in that tier or what the conditions For were, sure. you know, you're you're getting pushed to that spot. MG. MG. Yeah, great film guys. MG, Pete Santa Maria, like there was there was epic guys that yeah. were along that list. But that was really the time where I was having no success competing. And honestly, we would go to places that were insane and you would lose and it would just, you'd be distraught. You'd be like, fuck, I want to fucking go home. Like, you don't want to go home. You just wanted yeah. to be away from that feeling. So, yeah. and if you did good and your buddy didn't, then it was like, you know, like, 
Yeah. It, you just, you, you lost a lot of like, you know, for me, like the stuff that I hold on, hold dearest in surfing is the feeling I get when I'm around friends that hoot you into a wave. Yeah. And, the, and I try to pass that to people I don't even know. I see somebody on a good wave, I'm hooting. Like, yeah. who the fuck's the guy hooting? You know, like, yeah, I don't care. I got the squeakiest voice on it. I don't fucking care because that's just the I way so that it is. I get so excited. It's so excited, dude. And if it's a guy you know or your kid, holy crap. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So, like, that was really it. And it was like, hey, I can put that competitiveness because that does not go away in a person. I was yeah. like, I'm just going to redirect it and surf better waves and try to be faster and try to get more than one wave a month with Taylor and start to follow other places. So we'd go to the events, like we'd go to, I'd go yeah. to South Africa, I'd never surfed it. I surfed the Gunson once yeah, and yeah. lost. Yeah, And it's like, I guess that helped, you know? Yeah. And then we're with, you know, Chris Van Lennep surfing waves that nobody's seeing and you're like, yeah. Yes. This, is, this is what I want and this is this is worth it but you had no income from contest you know prize money you weren't able to hang your hat to a sponsor like one you know like yeah. you didn't so you were you were really left like trying to say like hey look we got video with Taylor Steele like who's Taylor Steele you know like what does that do there's no value yet to it and the magazines and, that, and that's a good point to point out like at those early days you didn't think that okay if i video with taylor and i get these sections it's gonna you know Translate amount into you know a better contract and stuff it was yeah. just kind of like i just want to be in a surf movie and be up on playing on the screens in every surf shop and going on trips with my friends and surfing good waves but it wasn't until a little bit later that you really thought like wow that now this all yeah is like blowing up i went on almost all the focus tour afterwards and like I don't know, those highlights, right? It was insane. It was the reaction. I remember seeing little Hobgood brothers in the pit in Florida, just going like, you know, like, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome what those did. Going to, to Australia and seeing little Dean and Mick and Joel and like, they were geeked. They knew who you were and they were nobody at the time. I mean, yeah. they were little, little boys. But It's got to be a trip. Yeah. To look back at that and go, wow. Honestly, the you know everyone knows the effect of the momentum generation, right? They made a fucking HBO documentary on it. Right, it's, it's right, a right. Big, it was a big movement that really but stepped up the global culture and performance of surfing, right? And you were like, you know, both of you guys were part of that, and it's it's trippy. And there's a lot of people that were, and that's kind of the neatest, like. You know, I look at the questions you get are like, weren't you one of those guys? Like, why were you not in it? But like, the reality is it doesn't exist without Kelly. For sure. Like, there's just no way around. I mean, there's nobody that's been better for surfing and taken surfing further than Kelly. So the fact that we were able to be along a coattail of some kind, like, yeah. It's the only reason it exists, but and we, that, that friendships have been. And he's talking about Kelly Slater. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, no, for sure. Like the the spotlight it had, you know, because of of Kelly and guys on tour, right. and well, what it became, you know what I mean? Like yeah. like you said, like you you were saying, you know, it, it was a video that nobody know, knew about. Like yeah. it wasn't going to make you money, right? Yeah, but so, there's no, we didn't have video segment. Like incentives, incentives yeah. in our contracts. It was contest and photo. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that whole video thing wasn't. It wasn't even. You but know. it's crazy 
on how important that that vehicle platform became. Oh, and, for sure. And, and the first it, guys that even pay any attention were Paul and Bob. Yeah. And 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 I, I, yeah. I mean, you could even say Paul. Like, they got it. Yeah. They they supported Taylor. They supported all of us. Like 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 Jay said, is it didn't matter if you rode for them or not. And and to me, even better if you didn't. Yeah. Because they just brought you along. Like they understood what that group was doing. And like we were talking earlier today is you see, I see that on the tour now with the Brazilian guys and I don't see it with anybody else. And there's still guys that when we were on, you know, I saw Jake Patterson in, in Australia and hugging him. Think, it's funny, one of the funniest guys I've ever met in my life. Like, are you kidding me? I yeah. love that guy. But when we were doing it, like everybody's bros. Yeah. Everybody's you know, bros. like, yeah. I mean, he's obviously going to beat me. I didn't care. Yeah. I, I, dude, he's funny. And yeah. like, to me, it's all about the personality because you're, you're there because you're at a level. Whether you're the guy that's going to win the event or not is different, but you're there, you're with people that you like. So now when you see these Brazilian guys, like there's no Brazilian storm. Like their storm is over. There's just a group of really awesome, talented Brazilian guys on tour. <laughs> yeah. No more storm, dude. It'd be the storm of a life, you know? So. Yeah. But they're there and they support each other. And man, when you're on the other side of the world, like to have a friend that's that's there and have 12, yeah. you know, so yeah. many of them, like you need it. And for us, I think we all got that so early on by doing the NSSAs and doing those other events and staying on couches yeah. and knowing that I'm only here because of the guys around me. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Yeah. You know, whereas a lot of the other guys are there because Red Bull's paying for it. Yeah. And they're paying for that coach to yeah. be there, you know, whereas they're not there because they're the bros to be there. They're there because they're a job and it's this. And it's like, no, that's, you know, there's, there's a better way to look because this ends. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that I constantly look back on. And I constantly try to pass that to whoever the younger generation that, that I get to be around is like, hey guys, this, it's short-lived. So like, yeah. enjoy it. Put your time in, work as hard as you can, but also take that time to, to appreciate where you're at and who you're around because like, you're just with people that you're great people yeah, yeah. you know like yeah that's awesome. yeah you get so caught up in the moment and, and about me 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 and, and career 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 or, or get result 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 but at the end of the day it's like did you have fun and what kind of relationships and bonding did you have and like you know like life yeah and who who do you want to be when you know because because you're 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 really developing through this process and yeah. who do you want to be at the end and, and you have to start making those those little moves to get there the whole time you know yeah. and like I was with Tatiana for three months in Australia and it's pretty much, you know, 4.30 in the morning, you're waking up, starting your day, 8.30 at night, you're going to bed for three months. Wow. Crazy. Like I never had that in me. I mean, I yeah. know Jay never had that in him. No, he didn't. Obviously, we know his nickname. <laughs> yeah. So there is like, but but like. Last of the bed, first up, man. I, I, I'll sleep another a plane ride later or an afternoon. But that's a lot to put in, but that's what you're up against now. Yeah. So like to, to be able to, when you, when you lose, like that impact is. I just sacrificed a tremendous amount of. Oh my <laughs> God. Like everything. Like I'm on the other side. What'd you do? I went to bed at 8.30 and I woke up at 4.30. What would you see? Uh, Newcastle, the beach, like this one little pocket of the beach. Well, what about everywhere else? No, no, no. I saw this pocket of the beach. That was it. I can tell you every piece of sand I saw on that little pocket, but 
I don't even know. Is there a place like that over there? Like, <laughs> yeah. they just don't go. You know, you have no time to go because the focus is so intense. So, yeah. like, I just keep saying, like, okay. So, like, just every day, let's get a little, let's get a little something else. You yeah. know, let's go here. Let's go try a new restaurant. And yeah, you know, so there's just there's you just so that. much. Yeah. yeah. So you let, need that balance. Let's go back to Spider. Okay. You're living with Dennis. You're you're his. You're it didn't last much, long. It didn't last long. Okay. Yeah. Living with him, we we were we did I think a couple years of that, but living together I, again, nineteen. I was probably a terrible roommate. He'll probably tell you stories. I don't remember cleaning up after myself, so that's probably a thing. Um, <laughs> but then I just kind of kept couching it. We had pagers at that time, and then I bought a cell phone, you know, big cell phone, and then I slept in my car for. Probably a good year. Shut the front door. Yeah, and back my truck. I had a little Toyota pickup with a bit, you know, you put your carpet kit in and fit my boards underneath and stored boards at grandma's house and then just slept in the car and at people's couches and yeah. stuff. But then, when did you year, make your way yeah. to like San Diego? Because you were down there for Dude, that a was, while. That was it. Yeah, right. We did. We started 17 in 95. So Okay, can we, can we put a little... Focus Pause on, on that, or no, focus no, no. on that. Focus on on seventeen. So it was you. So it was, it was seventeen. Was originally it was Jason Weatherly, Sean Mundy, who was uh, our South African friend who owned Bandwagon, which made the the shirts that said "Surfers Suck." That was like a full thing in the nineties, yeah. and everybody wore them. But it's a skate company, and Taylor. So, Those were the three that did seventeen. Okay, so backtrack a second. Was On a Mission no. already a thing? Uh, on a Mission, it, it was. It just started. Okay. I thought Seventeen just came just before. I think. It, I think it was. I think it was the other way around. Oh, really? Yeah. Only because I didn't. I wasn't on that trip to be part of that On a Mission thing. I rode the pad or used yeah. the pads and everything, but I wasn't part of the ownership of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, for our generation, you know, as we've been talking, is is. There wasn't much money. There was no knowledge within the the kind of bigger workings of the industry as to what it meant to be in a video, what it meant to be a free surfer. If you weren't hitting these benchmarks uh, competing, Short-lived. Yeah, yeah, nobody knows how long it was. I mean, I, I think that our generation was really, I mean, Donovan, Malloy's, like these guys are still Shane, Dorian, but Shane was on the tour. You know, Keith made the tour one year, but like there's guys that have pulled it off not really having a real job yeah. and still surfing. Whereas, had you have not hit those benchmarks by 22, 23, then like it's pretty much could be over tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, surfing. There was Surfing Magazine, Surfer happens, Magazine, yeah. you know, 24 covers to get like. Chances are slim. There's always somebody better than you. There's always some wave that you weren't at. You know, like yeah. you know, for me because I was in LA and there wasn't many guys. Like I did have more opportunity. I think to be in like a California issue to represent LA. Yeah. You know, if I was home and could do it, but it, it was just it was it was just tough. You always felt like it was going to end before you could put an end to it. So you're always trying to find what was next so for all of us you know making a couple grand a month you know like fuck like i gotta i gotta get like i gotta win the lottery to make a couple grand a month you know and so when jason 
Benji's, Jason Weatherly is Benji Weatherly's older brother, and he was really amazing surfer, especially for his height. He was ridiculous, yeah. but Jason was very real, and he never had any money, and he never, it always had to be his way. He was very opinionated. Yeah. But he always was on it. Like he's friends with the coolest skateboard guys. He, he, he just he was just on it. He's just always been on it. And when and he was a great friend of mine. And when he was like, I'm starting a clothing company. We call it Seventeens for my birthday. And I'm like, I want to do it. What do I need to do? Like I want in. Like I'll I'll do whatever I need to do. Like yeah, I want in. He's like, well, let me talk to Taylor and, and Sean. And then they're like, yeah, you know, we, we want you in. What do you need? Well. You gotta put in five grand. Everybody put in five grand. I was like, okay, fuck. Five how do I get five grand? Like, <laughs> try to go find, scrounge up five grand to get in. Yeah. It's like, all right. So we got this little warehouse in Sorrento Valley, and it's like, okay, well, I live here, so like, I'll come down there. I'll move down there. Like, can we just live in the warehouse? Is that cool? Yeah. You know, you have this. This is your office. So I was like, fuck. I can put a futon under the desk. So I put my futon under the desk, and we had a pool table. <laughs> what was your role gonna be? Nothing. <laughs> that was it. Is I would do anything. Yeah. I would do anything. So that was what I did. I did anything. Like Sean would be and like, how, "Hey, Greg, how, how old were you at this?" So we were 20, 21, 21. right? Twenty one. Yeah. And and Sean would Sean owned the this 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 silkscreen company, small. And be like, Greg, you know, we're, we're we got to go pick up the trunks from the cut and sew lady in in uh, Vista. And then you got to take it to, you know, the button guy over here. Now, fuck, I'll do it, do it, you know. And I was just so geeked to be a part of it. Jason designed all the clothes. Sean did all the money and, and like, made sure that we were getting it done right. And I was just... So it was I you, was the bitch. Sean, Jason, and Taylor. Taylor. And yeah. Taylor was always gone. So Taylor's part was really just, like, if we needed video... And he video had his about, office, like, pretty much... Right next door. Or he just put the it in there. Yeah. He put it in there. Yeah. And then the Weatherly's had STV, which was their surf skate snow no. music channel. Mm. Like the first fuel, basically. Yeah. They had that in one of those things. Xanadu was down there. Sector yeah. 9 was down there. It was there. definitely like... It's a good little hop. Dude, yeah. it is... Yeah. All the time. Those guys hey, that started Sector hey, 9... Hey, Surge was uh, not too far away. And, everything uh, was close. <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. Everything was close. And... and there was Tor we were at Tory Pines, like basically inland Tory Pines. So there's plenty of waves, you know, all La Jolla. And it was just it was just rad. Like, you know, the 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 music scene was so good. The guys from Blink were were just going. Um, everything was happening. So like it, it was just really fun. But and it felt like so at the time I was surfing for Quicksilver, so I stopped. I just didn't re-sign my contract. Did you ever it get wasn't a nice that salary much. from them? Yeah, it was a couple grand a month. Um, at best, probably fifteen hundred, I think. But photo incentives made it a little more lucrative. So dropped that. So I had just a little bit of wetsuit money coming in from airtight wetsuits. I had my Japanese sponsorship through Mirasaki, even though because I was still with Spider when we did all that. Um, and that was it. You know, I, my overhead was nothing. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, li I'm living on the floor. I'm paying yeah. for food in strip bars. Like it and, was nothing. And was Gas. it a guy named Salty from Airtight? Salty. Salty yeah. did Airtight. And yeah. Salty was epic because he he you know, he gave you a Yeah. And he was classic. Yeah. He was on it. But Japan was huge. Like I did most so of good. my trips were Japan. Yeah. I went to Japan four times a year with those yeah. guys. Like, it was 
Awesome. Yeah. We did a lot the of the 90s of Japan. Yeah, I did they were a, epic, man. They I were did so... a lot of trips in the 90s of Japan. And it yeah, because you had all that stuff. I had know? a couple of sponsors. Yeah, it was great. You had Quiver. Quiver. And Dropout. Drop out. Yeah. But they yeah. were just like, I don't know, like the Japanese culture is one of the most unique ones, I think, in, in, the, in the entire world. And... and the hospitality that they show you, mm-hmm. I mean, you felt like a god, and you're just chump change, you know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know, I was real fortunate, I think, to have those guys at Mirasaki and, and to be part of that, for sure. So, 17, you guys come up with a, a line. Jason. Jason comes up with a line. Um, we ordered it. I know that. Yeah. Service well, board. HSS did. Well, we yeah. did everything. We'd go on the road and we'd talk to, to all the shops and meet everybody. We I did mean, it's East pretty Coast. much open arms. Like, ship us product. Yeah, well, yeah. it's on. It was, Cause, cause so you Conan, guys... Conan came in and that was the big one. Because okay. Conan was on the tour and Conan just stopped at the, what he was doing. He was with Alas and he always had these kind of Off. obscure brands yeah. that, that he, would, he, would, he would get to sponsor him. But, I mean, he was an incredible surfer, and, and uh, yeah, he, when he came on, he came on just a couple months after me, and we were really good friends, yeah. and, and did a ton of stuff together, and, and he was the guy that was taking it everywhere. Like, he would go, to, he was around the world with it, so Japan yeah. came in and helped us a lot. Um, did Morisaki Sports put money in it? Or no, no. Uh, an, another uh, licensing partner over there. I, I, the, the name's not coming to me, but they were awesome guys. They'd come in, you know, a couple times a year, sit down with us. They would just pay for their. They would pre-order and pre-pay. Yeah. And then we leveraged that to to make our our line and and put it out. And so you we did a bunch of different behind the scenes stuff for it. Yeah, yeah, I did anything they would let me do. Yeah. And anything that anybody else wouldn't do yeah. you know what i mean and, and i distinctly remember the 17 trunks the, yeah the, the bulls colorway well jason jason and benji's dad played pro football yeah. yeah and so these guys are like they're proper sports fans yeah yeah proper sports fans in, sports centers on every day all day yeah like, every game's on if it's they're in front of a tv when he got when benji started breakers it was like it's a sports bar well duh of course it's a sports bar yeah. you know what i mean so it's like so Jason always just had that, and, and, and we weren't looking at margins, and we weren't looking at anything other than just trying to trying to make stuff that, that we were into and just have something, have something in surfing that could be ours. Yeah. And that was it. So like, we'd do the East Coast tour, and you know, we, we'd just go in, and we weren't signing autographs. We we're just trying to sell the line of clothes, but yeah. we were all still in the prime of surfing, so For it was sure. like... You know, everything just really worked well. But, you know, I remember packing boxes to send to our buddies on the East Coast that said, like, yeah, you know, we'll order some stuff. And we get back, and sure enough, they put in an order. And I'm like, no way. Dutch ordered, you know, stuff. The guy's down there in Florida. And, like, you know, like, oh, hey, dude, he'd probably laugh his head off if I put this picture of the Playboy magazine in there. So in the box, there would be... McDonald's wrappers and Playboy <laughs> magazines and bars of wax, just random shit we could find so that they knew it was you guys. that we packed the box, yeah. you know, like we folded the shirts, we yeah. folded that, like we did everything and you really felt so much pride in everything you did and it was as ghetto as ghetto gets. So good. Is this your first business that you ever like launched? 100%. 100%. Okay. And it, and, it, and it was awesome and we had... 
an amazing time. How yeah. long did it last? 95 is what my tattoo says. It's hard to read it now. Conan <laughs> and I got tattoos. We we're all going to get tattoos, but somehow it stopped with Conan and I. Um, Let me see it. It is here. It says October 95, but it's pretty mushy at this time. Hold on, let me take the picture of it. <laughs> I, I would just go, it's complete mush. It said, and I think I probably cried. I don't know if I cried because I was afraid of my mom or <laughs> I cried because it hurt. Oh, that's so funny. But I mean, that time, you know, you, the crew was there. You, you know, you, you the, had everything. You had everything. You had the, you you had had the shop look. support. You guys were, were doing whatever it took to make it successful. Even if it wasn't the best quality product or whatever, you, you were going to make, it was going to work. It was. It, it so was so we, we had we had fundamental issues. Um, we were making too too many. Or the the diversity of our product was too big. So we were just making too many pieces for like we should have done hats, t-shirts, and sweatshirts before we got into cut and sew stuff to build up some bank. Because yeah. it takes so long for the banks to give you loans that yeah. we were just constantly leveraging money. And, and just n not in a good way and yeah. making so many things that when we had, I don't know, we had one run of, of pants that they cut the, the fabric the wrong way. So when it went to get into the wash, it shrank this way. Like it was supposed to shrink in, it shrank, it, I don't even know, but like, it's like $20,000 mistake, you know? Yeah. And like there was a lot of those and we were just so stretched along. Like we had epic belts. like. What startup brand has epic belts unless that's all they do is belts? Right? Yeah. So we just made too much stuff. Yeah, like I need Jason, a belt. Let's make one. Okay. Jason was just he was just all over the place. Throwing, yeah. yeah. And and Sean's like Sean just couldn't kind of keep them keep them in. You know, Sean was our money guy, so like I would say none of us could keep them in, but it, you know, it was Sean was the money guy, so I'm gonna blame Sean. But and then the biggest problem, like we were crushing it, and then we got. A cease and assist from Seventeen Magazine. But after they came and did an interview with you guys, right? Yeah, and it was really weird how that one happened. So I've heard a lot of mixed stories. None are worth sharing because well, they're they're no, but just Seventeen Magazine was all about youth and and they wanted to teen, get action sports. It was, teen, it was a teeny bot magazine. And yeah. they own they own the rights to they own Seventeen everything everything women's. Mm. But they're owned by the 3M Corporation, which owns everything in the world. So we got cease and assist letters, stacks, to every single address that we ever lived at. Ever, that you ever put on any type of mail, you got... To cease and desist using the name 17. Yeah, and we had a trademark for 17 Apparel, and it was a trademark, for, it, it went over three years, which it's supposed to be two years, you know, but... They got us for delusion. We had no money to do anything about it other than try to change the name and restart. Mm. But at that point, you're three years in. You're, you have a warehouse. We had six months, I think it was, to get rid of everything in the warehouse. Yeah. Um, Damn. And, and it was just, it was really weird because at that time we put in so much. Um, I started dating the, the, the mom of my two kids at that time so I was kind of bouncing back and forth a little bit and and because it hadn't it hit and then went backwards that I think we all just like there was no more money like none of us were making money 
No, but so, it, didn't, it didn't matter. But we weren't that putting time. out more money. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I had credit cards leveraged for it. So did Sean. Um, I had cash that I borrowed from family to, to put in. Like, so did Sean. Um, it, it just it just wasn't going anywhere good. So yeah. when, when that all happened, it just kind of disbanded everything. And the, the greatness that it, that it was, which it was, it was amazing. Um, it just kind of ended. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I moved back up here. God, I, mean, I hate to, you know, say and but make a big deal of, of that, but it's such a, a lost opportunity. It's funny because it, it, it makes you like, you know, my, my mom, one of the greatest things my mom always says, hey, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Don't think you're the only one that bad shit happens to you. And yeah. I'm like, holy crap, mom. That's a great idea. You know, but... For sure. You then start thinking, and you and as you get older, you back up on all those things. Like, I, I don't have as many what ifs anymore in my life. It, I, I always try to find that like that 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 light at the end of the tunnel. Like, hey, I got both my kids, and that happened because yeah, this happened obviously because that was my path, you know. And and uh, but it makes you look at the Volcom, yeah, back, and it makes you look at Chris Silver, and it makes you look at Billabong and Ruka, yeah. and Ezekiel, and all those brands that that came in and tried to do exactly what we did. They all started in the same idea and thought process that we did. It's just, we just, we just got stuck and, and some of them didn't. And man, like what an incredible achievement. Like I don't look at anybody else and go like, fuck those guys or like, why did they get it? I know why they got it. I know why they're successful because they worked their fucking asses off and they sacrificed every ounce of their life and all of the people around them to get to that point. Like yeah. I see Pat all the time. Yeah. And it's super impressive to, to just see how hard guys like that push. And Troy, Troy gave up whatever so, a lucrative surf career yeah. is. I don't yeah. know, but Troy gave it up, man. Yeah. He never did it. He never did it. He like, never did he it. He was a Grom. We are all Groms. And he was 18. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kidding? You don't he know. Was, he made, he, he, all he had to do is win the H2 every year and yeah. go back to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't know your ass from your hand when you're 18. So, like, the fact that he just, like, believed in Wooly. Yeah. Wooly believed in him, and they were able to pull it off. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? It's that is crazy. insane. 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 And I have seen Troy lately, like. He's still 18-year-old Troy, yeah. like... Yeah. Pulling into big fucking barrels, getting yeah, towed he, in. And he starts <laughs> the exact same way he did yeah. then, like, just epic style, yeah. epic human. So, I don't know, like, it was it was awesome. I mean, I have fucking tattoos, so I see it every day of my life. Like, yeah, that was epic. Like, we had epic parties, we met epic people. I still see so many people around the world that were part of that time, and supported where we were going and what yeah. we were doing so like like i was saying earlier is you know I, I came home and it's like holy shit what do i do now and yeah, what was, was the next what was the next step i literally pulled up at torrance beach in my car and ronnie maestro is there and he says what are you doing and i said i'm home now and he's all you looking for work and i said i am he said well go talk to scott daly and i was like oh okay i went in fucking hired me right then that's so to do nothing <laughs> yeah. They had a team manager, James Crush, who was epic. 
Scott was doing the, the, you know, the VP of marketing. They had every shoe filled. They had a great art department. The guy, Mark Kalkami was amazing. Um, they said, come, just and come in. figure it out. We'll, we'll fit you in. And, and I did everything. I learned how to, you know, under Mark Kalkami, I learned how to, to use Photoshop and Illustrator and learn how to make ads that were below his pay grade, you know, that were going in like the local papers and, I helped with team. I got back into doing the NSSA, and maybe that was, I hope, the time that I apologized to Janice and gave me. Um, I had a home, man, and, and, yeah. and, and right then, my, you know, the, 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 the mom of my kids was pregnant. So, like, it was some heavy stuff going on for me personally, just the lots of, yeah, just the responsibility. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was just nuts, and like, Surfing was like, you know, at that time, like 22, yeah. 23, 24, Damn. like, you're at the peak of your surfing. Like, I was like, dude, I'm surfing as good as I think I've ever surfed. Like, but now I got to hold, you what, know, hang what, it up to take care of. What do I do, you know? And, and, it was, and I worked, yeah, it was, just, it was just wild. And I worked here for a couple years and, and helped doing anything I could and realized that it wasn't, I think it was two years and it just wasn't, it wasn't. You weren't ready for it. And I wasn't ready, and there wasn't enough here to do, honestly. Like, they were paying me to do nothing. Yeah. And so then I just said, you know what, I'm going to surf again, and I'm going to try again. And, and it was probably 24, and my brother, you know... Told you to surf like Kern? Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you surf like Slater now. You surf like Slater. My brother, was like, my brother was like, man, you go on all these cool trips, like... What do you guys do? And I was like, dude, it's epic. We get the best waves all. Well, what else besides the waves? And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Benji's the funniest guy in the world. Like, we went to this bar in South Africa called Joe Cools, and like our night was next level. He's like, where's the photos? Where's the video? And I'd be like, oh. And then he's like, you need to make a video of all of that stuff and yeah. bring it home and show me. Fuck off. And that's how the drive-through came about. And that's I just how told the drive-through. Your brother, my brother, he wanted to see everything else, and he selfishly wanted to your see brother. it himself. Your brother, we started it off Dude, with get, your brother. Can you? Uh, just pausing here. Go get your brother and bring him in here. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy you want to talk to, man. But that's, that, I mean, but that's I mean, uh, but he had a, he had a kid when he was nineteen. Yeah. So like his his world. He's living vicariously through you. His and he's world like, Tell me more stories. I want to see what it's like. And yeah, and, so, and and he didn't get to. He just didn't get to do it. So like he was, dude. I'm telling you, he's an incredible human. That the guy is, and he's yeah. so supportive. You know, and and yeah, it was really him to say like, hey, just show me this. And I talked to Taylor, and Taylor was like, yeah, it sounds epic. And and he's like, let's do it. So, the time between seventeen. Mm-hmm. The surf videos, Taylor Steele stuff, were still popping out. Still going. He yeah. was, you know, he was loose change. All those things were right yeah. then, hit and run. Now, were you, you were... I had a couple waves, maybe. I just had no money. So I wasn't able to go anywhere and do anything. Um, I started riding for Ezekiel, um, but it was really minimal money. But, you know, Vinny made a surf movie. Uh, with this guy George Mays it was like you know because Conan started riding for Ezekiel and Conan set me up with Vinny and uh, and his his group of, of buddies that they were trying to do their clothing brand with and so we did a little bit more surfing there um, but you kind of fell off the 
momentum. You just not. I just you couldn't put the time in. You yeah. know, like I couldn't go to all the places, and I didn't have money. And I, I when you were having a kid. Yeah, kid was coming. Yeah. So so it was like, what's next, and how do I pull this off, and how do I navigate the waters? And it was twenty years ago now that we started with the first drive through, and yeah. it, and it was just an just an idea to show people what it was like to go on a surf trip with these guys because. Which one was the first one? California. California. We did okay. California, and and I surfed on it, but produced it and filmed all the water stuff. And Dave MG filmed with me, yeah. and he filmed all everything. But then I filmed all of the the remember, behind the scenes stuff. Remember Sam Simeon, right? Yeah. Well, Sam Simeon. Sam Simeon. Sam Simeon. Sorry, I knew some Simeon. Some Where the seals are on the beach. Well, it was so freaking foggy, and I think Benji or Donovan made some some brownies or cookies or cakes, and then we they had all these like thrift shops like glass. They were like, "Let's go to the thrift shops," which weren't even like clothing thrift shops. It was like knickknack thrift shop. and you're walking in like a house full of like china and glass <laughs> and and Benji. Yeah, and yeah, we were just like tripping out inside these places. And then we get out to go drive. And were you in the video? I he's think in, I might have a couple waves and a couple. He's in, we end up like linking up in La Jolla with you and Rizal. Yeah. I think it was. In, in but San me Diego and Nick, again. I think me and. No, that was that was Jack English trip. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. Mm. And Benji went into the airport. I remember that. With yeah. the brownies. Oh, dude. <laughs> Anyways, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it was, it was so <laughs> many just epic moments. So. Your brother came up with this idea or helped you. And then, come up and with then this Taylor idea. helped fund it. How did you come up with that? So cash? Taylor was doing all the stuff. So, like, he had a proper production squad, you know? Like, yeah. he had guys that edited. There's George Manzanilla that was editing. There was Taylor. There was, uh, I think it was right at the beginning of Kent Kreitzer. Um, just, he just had a. He I mean, just, he was on. He, he, he was going. He and, was and, and he knew what was. He knew how to do it. And. and I didn't, you know, I grew up taking turns filming all, the whole time. Like Taylor left when we were doing Focus, he left to go home. So we, he was out of money and we'd already been there for a month and a half in, in France. And I was like, dude, leave the camera. I'll film. I, I'm done. Like I'm all good. So the last week that I was in France for Focus, I filmed. So like, I don't know, I got waves of Kelly, waves of Benji, Joe, Taylor, Knox, that I filmed because Taylor left. And Taylor's a really good surfer. Yeah. yeah I just don't think people know. And he's yeah. our size, so he'd ride our boards and our wetsuits. So yeah. I filmed a lot of stuff. So I, mm. and I edited a lot. I edited good times with him. He sent me to um, take a digital editing class, right? When Things editing was going on, on to computers up in San Jose. And I, he sent me up there because he was on a trip and, I did the class for the week and learned how to edit on the computer and wow. came back, taught him how to edit and then went through all of good times with him. So incredible. Showing all this stuff. So I've always been into it, but having an eye to like just composing all of that stuff is something that you just, this just wasn't there. And that's still part of what I'm continually learning how to be better at. But standing on the beach, like I don't mind standing on the beach, you know? Yeah. So your first... You know, 
did you think this was going to turn into a series or you have ambitions of like, hey, I got to make this much money to make it worthwhile? Like what was the thought process? Let's just make it and see what happens. Yeah, because, you know, at that time you're, 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 you're just trying to throw anything at the, at the board and having it stick. You yeah. know, I, I tried to do 17, didn't stick. Tried to yeah. work at Body Glove, wasn't working. Like all I could do is think to fall back on surfing. And, and yeah. that's kind of been the only consistency I've had like my whole life is like, same here, brother. Yeah, you're like, yeah. you're like, you know, and, and, and I think it's a really big, important thing for people to understand is like, I, I, I tell my, my, my boys and especially my youngest, who's a really, really good surfer, as I said, I don't care if you, I, I would love for you to compete. I'd love for you to travel around the world and be the best surfer in the world, but it doesn't matter to me if you do or don't. I just want you to have surfing in your life to fall back on because what it does for you is is just just to know that it's there just that knowing that it's there like you don't have to surf every day if you just know that it's there for you to do your escape is right there it's right there and, it, and it's and it's 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 such a beautiful picture that that you can paint so easily you know because you've had so many memories so that was kind of all i was doing is going like fuck taylor said he'd do it with me like i guess we're doing it and yeah. we did it and then i was like he was like dude it was great like and I was like, yeah. He's like, what would you change? And I said, well, I'm not going to surf on it. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, dude, you can't surf your best and like get a group of people from A to B and pay for everything and like set the next thing up. And I was like, I was like oh, I'll just produce it and film and we'll just make them. And then the second one went made and that was when Blue Torch was happening. And CJ Oliveris had started Blue Torch with a few other guys and... The third one they had, Rob was in, and they had, Rob was in the second and third one, and Blue Torch had shifted, and CJ started Fuel TV. And Fuel approached Taylor through, I think it was through Rob, and said, hey, we want to do the drive through series with you, Taylor. And he said, it's actually Greg and I's thing that Greg came up with. And, wow. oh, okay, well, we want to do it with you and Greg. <laughs> so... Yeah. And then that was really it. And they were like, we're like, well, what do you want to do? And they're like, well, we want to make it a TV show. We don't know how it's going to work. And so we really just figured it out. And, and, and CJ and his team, Sean Tomlin and uh, this guy, Scott Paradon, were really the big three at Fuel. Um, Scotty passed a couple years ago, but they were the guys that believed in us and I loved Fuel TV. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were just, they were so rad. And those guys, those guys just backing of surfing was just yeah. Yeah. huge. But it's, and, and backing of us was like, I mean, CJ's at WSL now. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's, he's just, he's a surfer. And, yeah. and, and he, he helped. It, with drive through, with Fuel back is drive through. On so, there, yeah. So fuel, fuel is is back. One of his partners from Portugal is the owner of Fuel TV, yeah. and they're trying to navigate their way through the world of subscription and cable TV. Yeah. And uh, through, they had gotten bought by Fox uh, midway through Fuel's kind of existence. So we actually lost rights. We didn't lose rights. That sounds bad. We. Made another mistake because that's what we do. We make mistakes, and we had music that wasn't cleared for digital rights and universal perpetuity. 
hmm. or the was words the, was the verbiage. Yeah, um, we didn't have it, and because of that, it put us in this really weird libel state um, with Fox and with Fuel. That hey, you know, these bands could come in and and there could be problems. Um, so they said, hey, look, we would like to buy the, the title from you and own drive through and we'll pay you for it, but you got to go back and change out all the music in every one you've ever done, wow. uh, every one of the TV shows, and use the music library that we have that's available. So I did that. At the time, it was 41 episodes that I redid. 30, 36, something like that. It was, did it, it was, give you a time frame? Like, or just yeah, like, had, get it done I, as fast as I had two months to do it. Wow. So I was down in San Diego. My kids, I had two kids at that time and, and was divorced. And uh, so my brother was, again, my brother was living at the house and my best friend. So when my kids would go to sleep, I'd put them to bed at like eight or nine. I would drive down to San Diego and edit with Jeff Motil and his guys down there where Taylor had his space. And get back on the freeway at like four in the morning, get my kids breakfast, you know, at 6.30 and put them to school, come to work at Body Glove until three when they got off school, do baseball practice and and start all over again. And then go back down to San Diego. (laughs) No, that's where my Mountain Dew addiction started. That's Um, even worse. (laughs) I I, I luckily never went down the the snowboard path. Um, No, but like Taco Bell and Mountain Dew were a real thing up until like a couple months ago. Um, but yeah, you just like, I, I mean. Fuck, dude, you did some time. Just a lot of driving. Yeah. But, but yeah, I love to drive and yeah. it makes sense. So we do the drive through. Yeah. And I mean, it was. So you made 41 episodes for We fuel. made 52, I think. Damn. So we did nine drive throughs total. We did six with fuel and three just like the classic surf dvd they all were dvds but they were we made episodes tv episodes out of all of them and donovan was on eight of nine benji was on benji made a little day appearance with jay in the first one but it was really hard then to like we didn't we didn't know the formula on the first one so like to get like hey look we're gonna go for 30 days in a motorhome down california can you go and everybody's like yeah, no, but I'll maybe show up for a day and high-five you guys. Um, Donovan said he would go, and Barney said they would go. And I'd never met Barney in my life. I'd seen him around when yeah. we were traveling, but Santa Cruz guys were pretty tight to Santa Cruz guys. Yeah. Um, what year was the first one? 2001. 2001. And, and uh, yeah, but I couldn't get anybody else to go. And I was like, Taylor, you got to make some calls. And Taylor got Timmy to go. And Timmy at that time had just, like, taken himself off doing the tour. He took himself off. He was like, I'm done. Timmy is, uh, Timmy since day one has been a freak. Like, there's no joke. He was one of those guys like Dane where you go on a trip with him and and they're so much younger than you that you just, the threat was so real because they were just so, so much better than everybody else like you're like you're better than me and you're like 14 i'm 20 like like yeah, yeah. i'm getting paid you're not even getting paid yet like holy crap this is really Surfed scary a million miles an hour never fell and hucked huge airs and stuck 90 percent of them like every day every session you're like and it was funny yeah 
You're like, like you huh? just you just had to hate you had to hate I, I guess you had to hate, I don't know Timmy's, yeah. Timmy was amazing like revolutionary but he signed up to go Taylor got him to go somehow convinced him to go and he did all thirty days it was thirty days in so why why did you do thirty days we didn't know like we just just didn't know what it and was going to be one. so it was after the first one you're like hey look like nobody in their right mind can do 30 days. And yeah. like, what is everybody else? Well, the normal person gets two weeks a year. So yeah. like, hey, let's take it to two weeks. Can you get everything in two weeks? No problem. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the drive throughs weren't, again, they weren't about trying to, to just, score perfect waves. It was just, yeah. hey, here's what a surf trip is. Yeah. Sometimes With you score, guys, sometimes you don't. Yeah. And yeah. it's and the bumps get in the road. RV and let it all happen. Yeah. And, and, and it does. And, and, you know, some of them, got to where we weren't even in RVs. We were just, you just couldn't leave the group. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of always the underlying rule. It was like, hey, you just can't leave the group. There's no separate checks here. It was like, we're all in. I'm paying for everything. Yeah. It's like a reality TV show, but, you know, for Surfing. your bros and yeah. on a surf trip. And it was easy because those guys are funny. Like, Benji and Donovan are like, they're, they're two like alpha comedians that somehow can do it together. Because yeah. most can't. Like, Take remember the, yeah, remember when Brad and, and Gerlach and, and Donovan hung out? But they were both like the same funny. So yeah. like they hung out, but then they stopped hanging out because they're kind of like the same person, you know? Yeah. Whereas like Benji's different humor than Donovan. Yeah. And, and, and they worked. And you're like, I just, I probably laughed. I laughed <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah. They're funny. <laughs> They're just funny people. And yeah. like, you know, I, t I talk to them all the time. And, and like, you just... And Kalani and Pato were on for a few. Kalani came on. Kalani was radical. So like, <laughs> somebody told me, or somebody called him Peter Pan. And I was like, oh my God. Peter Pan. It's totally true. He's yeah. Peter Pan. Yeah. He never stops energy. He's just zigging his ram, bouncing, ready to go for it. Like he's, he's in his 40s and he has a six pack. And I don't think he ever went away. Like that's yeah. not fair. Like you can't he's an beat asshole. it. He, yeah. surfs, he surfs the same. Like he's fast. He's strong. Like, like yeah. he's so incredible. But his energy is nuts. Yeah, you know? like, it's nuts. So he went on a couple and like. And Pat too, he was right? Yeah, Pat. So Pat was like the guarantee, like, cause you have to surf on a drive-thru, you have to surf every day. And who could I, who could we bring that yeah. had the energy to surf every day? Yeah. And like be able to drive, you know, and help because like we wouldn't bring many people, you know, surfers and like four of us to film and do everything and yeah. a photographer. So like everybody had to drive, everybody had to do more than just surf. So Pat yeah. was like, Pat's just incredible. I mean, Pat is a very unique human and like his energy is amazing. Yeah. And, and he told me one time, like the way he was like, the way he was taught to surf is you ride the wave from start to finish. And it didn't matter if there was still wave left, if there was whitewash that you could ride, you rode it. So like, he's one of the that best snips. guys. That was Snips for sure telling him. Probably <laughs> T and and Ian, too. But yeah. like, like, so, like, if you really watch the way that people surf, like, you can see those little hints of that stuff. And when you yeah. watch Pat, like, Pat can ride, Pat rides a wave until it's over really, really well. <laughs> not just that, but he's able to connect the dots even on, and not in the, the highlight part of the wave. You know, like the wave, you know, if you're surfing a wave that's longer, junky, or whatever, he's able to just yeah, keep so zipping and keep yeah. opportunity. So for, so for me, like when Taylor and I started like reevaluating after California, it was like, all right, you know, we want guys that 
can surf like differently and represent all of these different facets that need to like you know you do get shitty waves a lot and you get good waves so like you need a guy like pat that always wants to surf no matter what and can make can ride the wave to the best that that wave can be ride a guy like donovan just does rides weird shit and just is laughing and having fun so you need that energy a guy like benji always gets hurt and it's really funny you know, and like always drama. He always, creates. <laughs> always, it's all self-inflicted drama, and, yeah. and it's so funny to be a part of. He's like, yeah, film it, like real cool, and you're like, yeah. So that means film it. Yeah, I'm gonna keep filming, you know, and yeah. And then like Kalani was great because his energy was great, um, but then he was still super surf guy. So yeah. like, you know, it just it, you had to be at an age where you weren't trying to chase the tour. And then when we got further along, and then we got in like. Okay, who do you want? Well, dude, like I've looked up to like Martin Potter, like you know, forever. Because at one point, my brother probably said I love surf like Martin Potter. So, <laughs> but like, yeah, like let's get a guy like Potts on the trip. And I'm like, yeah, Martin, this is Greg Browning. I was wondering if you want to do a trip with us, you know? And it's like I didn't know Potts yeah. at all. Yeah, I just called. As most of this, most of life is kind. It was my, one thing my dad said that was just so valuable is the worst somebody's going to say to you is no. no. And yeah. can't you handle that? I'm like, yeah, I can handle it. So yeah. call people up. I mean, that's how we got to in drive through Australia. The first one we met, Steve Irwin. How did that happen? Yeah. Called him up. They were like, hey, call Steve Irwin. I heard he surfs and he likes surfers. And I'm like, okay. Called the Australians. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm with a group of surfers. We're doing this surf movie and they wanted to hang out with Steve. Oh, yeah, so who are you with? I said, oh, I'm with Robert Chato, Donald Franken Ryder. Boom, phone's gone. It's in his hand. Hey, this is Steve. Yeah, good. Yeah, come on. Uh, how about tomorrow? You guys make it tomorrow? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. So, like, yeah. you didn't know the I watched that. I watched a couple episodes. The power of, you know, amazing. like, Rob. Yeah. Everybody right. loves Rob. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves Donovan. Everybody loves Benji. Yeah. Everybody loves Pat. So, like, you know, that's, that was the success of those guys is you just, you connected to the, to who they were. They never, they just, they're never not themselves, you know, yeah. and, and I just show. So it's scary to think like to do another one, what would you do and who would you bring, you know, like, Ooh, have you thought about that at all? Well, I thought, Cause there's number 10, you know, this would be the 10th one if we got to do one. And I, I think about it every day, you know, cause yeah. that's what. Hey, you do a drive through, you do another one? Well, I don't know. You yeah, know? Dude. We'd be talking old stories from like 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's hard because you know it's 20 years. Like, yeah. wow. Well, I'm sure you could probably get Rizal. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. That, that, that Portugal that, one was insane. That that guy that just so, so still is a pro surfer, but not. So he was when we we're in Europe and he's just peeing everywhere, <laughs> you know, because like Bali, there's nothing there. So yeah. like yeah. you could go pee wherever you needed to go pee. So he's like peeing over there. I'm like, dude, there's a bathroom over there. He's like, no, I'm going to pee here. And then one day my son will come and he will know that his dad was here. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, he didn't have a kid then. He was like 24, you know, like <laughs> it was the funniest thing. I was dying. Oh, so yeah. good. Well, yeah. we would definitely love to see another freaking drive-through. Yeah, drive-through re- reunion. Hopefully, yeah. one day. You know, it's tricky now. Yeah. Just all traveling is so different. So you, you know, you don't know how it would be and where you'd go. What was your favorite like trip? You know, that's the thing I get asked the most. I, I, what I was the favorite trip? And there They're really isn't. Galaxies. There's just there's just highlight moments of all the ones and yeah. some of the stuff we filmed, some of the stuff we didn't film. Um, 
God, I, I don't even know. I, like As a whole trip, South Africa was really high on the list because we had done stuff that we didn't do. Like we drove through the trans guy. Yeah. And, you know, as we were doing that, like, hey, you just didn't. You just yeah. flew because you heard stories. And, yeah. and I met Martin Potter. Like, I don't know. That's still like a highlight of my life is to be able to meet somebody like Martin. And not just meet him, but like where he like starts sharing stories. Like, because yeah. it's like... You broke down. We're like, we're like, who did you hang out with when you were competing? He's like, I didn't fucking hang out with anybody. And you're like, what? He's like, yeah, all you. Yeah. He was like, you guys are friends. Like, you guys are idiots. You know, like, it was so funny to hear his perspective. And then Aki, and I had never met Aki. And, yeah. You know, and obviously you've seen these guys in Hawaii every year as a little kid and growing up and everywhere around oh, the world. Sure. But who were you meeting and who, who was going and, and like, so South Africa was a big one just because we we brought kind of the the an older generation that us. It wasn't just us and like a, a younger guy. It was us, an older guy and a younger guy. Yeah. We had Mike Lawson with us and Mike was kind of a freak talent too. God, so he, he was so good and so uniquely, uh, he was like an Aki where they just do it a little bit different. Yeah. And, uh, and that was kind of... That was awesome, and it was fun to, to see those guys interact. And, and uh, we had two really great guys that we randomly met up with. It took us the whole way. Wow. They drove the whole way. Like, uh, this guy, Ant Schulte, and this other guy, Adam, and I'd never met him before in my life. It was like a friend through a friend, and I was like, hey, I, you know, I need help navigating our way. We're going to start in Cape Town, and you know, go everywhere that we find waves. And, and yeah, we're in, I got my buddy Adam, he does it. And you know, they just were on. And then Ant actually started doing safari tours after that. Like he had it so figured out, he would just, he started his own like surf travel thing down there. I ran and Come down and I'll drive you up and down the coast and do- Take you to good waves and show you around. And I, I saw him, I was down at Cape St. Francis with Carissa like, four years ago um, when I was with Chris on the tour and filming on the beach and sure enough this guy comes up and I look and it's Ant and I'm like what? Like no way and you know and like man what a what a hero of a guy he was and so there's there's all I mean every trip you go on is all about the people that you meet and it's not the people you're with it's really those outside people that you didn't know and now like all of a sudden like wow he's like one of your best friends you don't see him in 20 years but still the same you know people same human yeah, yeah. Same, so, same human just different time different decade yeah so the the drive-through franchise lasted for a couple of years yeah we did we did it was probably it was nine nine over like eight years i think wow. it was right around there and i had both my boys were were little so they were two and just being born right at that time and you're able to obviously provide and it was profitable yeah, so and it, it was it was just it was just kind of like you know doing everything else you just yeah. kind of making you're just surviving and and uh it had, it had proven to be lucrative not so much in in you know, like just the drive-through where you're like oh i made a million dollars doing the drive-through it was i met so many great people doing the drive-through and the guys at fuel were 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 so great that it 
like when the drive through is when we weren't doing a drive through which was you know you're only doing it for 14 days and yeah. you know, post you're you're they're having like a contest that they would hey would you want to go film and so i'd go film and i learned a lot so i got a lot of connections and that yeah. goes back to that surfing thing is like you can always fall back on it, you know, and there's great so people. That opened up more freelance doors for you. hundred yeah. percent. And, and just, it just evolved, you know, yeah. and then I really dug into body glove at, at, like during that time and they supported it. They're like, Hey, you're going to go for a couple weeks. All good. No problem. Yeah. They, they didn't care. And they knew that the, the guys that we were around, we could pass suits to, or I'd be on the road and Gavin would be, somewhere Beshin who was writing for body at the time or Bruce or Dusty and I'd be able to get a couple video clips of those guys and these guys could use it you know what I mean yeah. so there was there was a, always a good working relationship that we had and like the, the body family has literally taken care of me my whole life one way or another it's been insane I don't even work here anymore but where we are in the office and yeah. Yeah. I'll still do jobs that they'll have me come shoot and you know they call me for any questions and you know, but like just beautiful, beautiful family and great people. So, but you know, Body Glove, obviously, we know it for surf because that's what we're from. But they were in all kinds of other water sports. Obviously, diving was what they started on. They made out. us learn how to dive. And I was like, dude, I don't want to know what's underneath me. And then all of a sudden, I'm scuba diving, and it's yeah. like, okay, we're gonna buy a boat. We all chipped in and bought a boat. And then I've seen you know, scuba dive everywhere in the world now, and like. We made a, a scuba diving series, like a surfing and scuba diving series yeah. with fuel and like, yeah, it's not, they do everything. They do wakeboarding. Yeah. Met but the I was just going to say, yeah, world. you put out like, you know, wakeboard videos, yeah, so barefoot just, skiing videos. You just got to do so much, you know, so it really expanded, you know, me as a, as a filmer, you know, they gave you every everyone who's the best in all these different worlds so you weren't just surfing you were you were yeah. surfing and diving and snowboarding wakeboarding and skiing and so after drive through you were still working at billable or at body Glove, Body-Gold. yeah yeah and then free start freelancing started happening more and more little and bits and pieces like i'd get water water days or you know i i uh alex gray is from here yeah. from the south bay and I've had these really neat pockets of like generations to be a part of because, you know, when your surfing is done, where do you go? How do you still stay involved? And, and my kid's mom, her family was best friends with Alex's parents. So mm. Alex was like nine when I met him and he wasn't even surfing yet. <laughs> and uh, I took his older brother surfing. I picked him up from school. They had asked if, hey, do you think Greg would pick him up from school and take him surfing? So I picked him up. Took him surfing, brought him back to the house, and Alex is just hanging out with his little buddies on like a bouncer in the backyard. And we'd go on family vacations. This was before I had kids, and, and he started surfing. And so I got to be part of his whole surf journey mm. through through that. And we got to do a lot of trips together, and he did a drive through with us. And yeah. that was like, that, that was Zealand? amazing. That was New Zealand. Yeah. And that to me was just. It was like having your kid do something with you where yeah. like, I'd just been so vested in his life and his career yeah. and to watch him achieve and then to be on that and to watch him interact with Aki and Donovan and Benji and Ozzy and like, it's just, funny. Dude, Alex is... He's a great... He's a great dude. He's, he's a, a grand spokesperson slash... Dude, he's amazing. There's big things that are going to happen dude, for him coming is, up. It's coming. Yeah. He's been quite he's a go-getter on uh, social media lately. 
Yeah, I think I think everybody just has peaks and valleys, yeah. and like yeah. you got to you got to kind of figure out where you are at that time in your life, you know, and, yeah. and what do you want to be, and who do you want to be, and yeah, I think he got his pilot license. Yeah, he's recently. trying to be a pilot, right? He has pilot license. I saw one the other day. It looked like he's in Tavarua, so I'm not. He spends sure. a lot of time there. I went, bastard, a couple of <laughs> years, October 19, I think it's a couple of years ago now, almost, and um, was he there? And he was there, and it was. Proper is pretty pretty good size, and uh, he just comes right through the pack and about a hundred yards deeper and farther out than than everybody else. Yeah, he's a fearless and, little kid, man. Because there were, you know, there was these like just sec, you know, proper second reef like bombs coming every once in a while, and he sat there for forty five minutes because they weren't coming in that often. But like he was, yeah, he's he yeah. late and going. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's, he's he's so he's awesome. It's just it's just so hard. Like you know, the 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 everybody's life is just so but, different, and you're like, well, what happened to that guy? But like, just such a big yeah. smile always, and super positive. Like you said, he's this great mentor and great public speaker. And, yeah, but it's not about him. But we'd be stoked to get Alex on the show one day. Should be. Yeah, should be. <laughs> but um, I, I was lucky. Like I think I've stayed fairly in the in yeah. in surfing because of guys like mm-hmm. Alex and. But your connection was again bringing back your roots with body glove, like yep, Jamie O'Brien, body glove athlete, you know, and yeah, and fuel through fuel. Uh, we we had Red Bull sponsored early the drive throughs yeah. and uh, and then they would have stuff, and there was Pete Jasinski was the Red Bull marketing guy at the time, and he asked if I would go with Carissa Moore when she was just starting. She was getting ready to do her first year on tour, and. And they were saying, "Hey, would you follow her on tour?" And, yeah, it sounds awesome, you know. So That's that was crazy. how that was how that one happened. And then it's just it's just weird. It's kind of like the more you worry about it, you know, like the yeah. you know, like the more you look back and go, "God, I really wish I didn't spend all that time just worrying and like being down on myself." If I just let things happen and I just surfed and just kind of rode this like level plane would be so much better but you know you yeah life throws you a lot of yeah. ups so you and just downs, don't, you don't realize you know yeah. but then it, then it when you look back you're like holy shit that connected to this it connected to this so yeah it was fuel and then red bull and then body glove and and family and friends and you know i've done i've done a few more jobs with taylor in the last couple of years because three years ago uh body glove got bought by or the family Sold you know because they're all you know the the first generation of bill and bob they've passed away the second generation that really made body glove what what people know of body glove are all in the retiring age and and they're looking they were probably looking going like okay what are we going to do how are we going to keep our brand alive without us being, being in there every day and they they sold i think 75 percent of the company to this group out of out of New York that that has now since acquired the kind and uh, a couple other brands BCBG and Bruno Molly and just a group of just people that like they see for body gloves I mean body gloves doing better than it's ever done they have two third generation family members still working there one's a marketing director one is kind of like the overall brand presence yeah um and they're doing amazing, and and this group's really letting them kind of be what body love was, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, but I mean, just from 
boogie boards to accessories to you have you know, to be diversified like, now yeah right? to you know life you know life jackets to yeah. you know your wraps for your knees and ankles i mean they've really like so I mean, yeah. for those executed guys, like for those so guys many it categories. was all like you know when they made the first wetsuit it was fits like a glove and the whole goal was just you know to stay in the water as long as they possibly could and they surfed but they were divers you yeah. know and it's like well, they want to dive as long as they can. So they had to make the wetsuit. And when they found the neoprene, it was like, dude, we can make everything out of neoprene. Like one of them got great, you know, Billy, the, more of the inventor side. He's Bill Sr.'s son, but he's like a hands-on guy. And he's the one that made a lot of those initial wraps. And, you know, they make a head wrap because he gets migraines. And then it turns out that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar gets migraines. So, like, that's how they end up on the Lakers, and they're just down the street. And it's like, wait, what? It was that easy, you know? Crazy. So there's just these weird connections. But they were always, they're just inventors. They're doers, right? Yeah. They're, they're guys that are out there trying to just be in the water longer. And I think that's where this new company is really kind of, I think, saw the brand, met the family, and been like, hey, let's just give you guys an opportunity to get back to that yeah that route where you're not having to deal with all yeah. of the chaos of Larson was uh brought up Jamie O'Brien and mm -hmm. we also we had uh Shane Magnuson on the show and he said like one of the best movies or best things that happened for him was that movie I think you were part of you made that movie that with the the crazy cartoon graphics. Oh, the Imaginarium stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a trans world thing yeah. that we did. But we brought Jamie in. Remember Matt Patterson? Yeah. You guys remember Matt Patterson? So Matt Patterson started working for the wetsuit division of Body Glove. And Body Glove is a, you know, is a licensed business. So they have partners that license different product categories. And you meet with their team as, I was always part of the brand and we'd go meet with the wetsuit guys or go meet with the guys that made the life jackets or whatever it was. And Matt worked for the wetsuit company and he was like, well, we lost Bruce and CJ, like who's our guy? And then, then you know, him and I, Matt, we know Matt competing forever. Yeah. yeah. So him and I would go have lunch and talk and hang out and he's like, we need a guy like a Jamie O'Brien. And I'm thinking like, oh crap, Jamie's the craziest guy I know. This is like pre-Jamie yeah job series this is like this yeah. is all just crazy little jamie you know like yeah. charger yeah, yeah but, but, but you never hung out with anybody yeah. like you never knew a guy that jamie hung out with he hung out with all these kind of random buddies but yeah. he's a freak you know and and i was like yeah okay like he's insane there's nobody as good and i bet we maybe could get him i don't know and that was kind of like matt patterson's like whole thing it's like let's get somebody like that yeah. And then and then we started talking to him and my kid's mom was working at Red Bull so she introduced him mm -hmm. over and then we you know we spent I think 3 years he rode for Body Love 3 or yeah. 4 years and and uh it was awesome because it was the first time that I went to Hawaii as a filmer and had like my responsibility was to get clips of our team riders. And it was the easiest guy to get clips. Of. Oh my God. There's nobody that gets better waves. I mean, yeah. pretty much at the top of the list is Jamie O'Brien. Yeah. And like, it was like the greatest thing ever going to Hawaii going like, hey, I'm coming back every day is a clips, you know? And then when you get to meet him and you, you see just how motivated he is and how like, like he's another guy like a Dennis Jarvis. They're just hyper intelligent and, you know, even though like 
you know, he might not be as eloquent in his speech to get where he's going with his brain thoughts is just yeah crazy yeah. and and I mean you look where he's at now in the series and where he's taken the series and how he's done it all himself he's going okay I, I, he's figured a way to navigate you know social media yeah. and and content better than anybody he was always doing it and in his own way and yeah. he's just kept doing it and like he's insane yeah. insane it, it, trips me out how small this industry is and how many people have gone through body glove right like jamie o'brien and then was, we were talking about shane magnuson and you know you being a part of it yeah Ted and robinson. all those things ted robinson and then but then you know like you said he he's a vlogger right yeah and the vlogging thing is new kind of a new thing but it's it's what you guys have been doing forever yeah you know he's what just, I mean? he's just, just, it's a different platform it's like you have been doing it but it's just like the way to navigate that platform in the in the social media like how yeah it's a, instead of being presented on a disc on a on a disc or yeah. on a on a what do you call it <laughs> yeah, yeah so well, well, tv right cable tv sure, now sure. it's on the World Wide web through youtube Right. And and just that the, the the turnaround time has changed so much like yeah. it's so fast like you have to show it right after it happened. seven minute abs no six minute abs yeah. oh man he's like one minute abs right now yeah but he was he was a neat guy and then we reconnected through Red Bull um, right when when Bodyguard got bought you know I was sitting here and we were just doing myself and and a friend of mine Scott Smith who we were full time video content in for body glove and doing every, anything and everything and um, when they got bought there was just a time when the family was gone and they were restructuring like the new group was restructuring trying to figure out what everybody did and the time of that was long like it was like I think we were five or six months into that process and I hadn't hit record yet I hadn't edited yet Wow. And and you know the pay that I that I got from Body Glove was pay that from day one to wherever we were at seventeen years you know it had worked its way up and they had always been supportive and and you know there there was Robbie Maestral who was a lot of the the kind of tenacity behind Body Glove in the eighties getting to where it is. He would always say to me, he's like, Greg, is the pot right? And I'd be like, I don't, I don't know what you mean. He's like, you know, is, is it right? Are we doing enough for you? Are you doing enough for what we're giving you? And I was like, yeah. And I would always think to myself, like, yeah, you know, I, I feel pretty good. You know what? You're right. I haven't showed up for work. I surfed at lunch like for three hours. You know, like there would be always these little internal questions I would do. And, and, and I would just, I kind of had that mentality when they got bought is like, God, this family has given me the the life that I've had, they've given me the opportunities, they've given me the trust and belief Yeah. to ask that simple of a question. Like, if I didn't show up for work for two weeks, which I would not do, I'd just be fired, right? Yeah. It'd be super black and white where these guys would be like, you just tell us what you're going to do. And like, we're in, we, we love you. We're going to support you. You're yeah. the family. And it's like, no joke. Yeah. It's the family. So I was like, God, this new company bought them. Like, I've worked for, I've showed up for almost six months and like, 
There's no done, answers. There's no. I haven't like, done anything. Direction. Like I'm still getting paid. Like I feel really bad to take this. So I went to the guy that was running, and I just said, "Hey, look, I feel terrible right now that I'm getting paid to do nothing. Like that's not how I am. That's not how I work." Um, the guys at Red Bull had called and said, "Hey, look, would you be interested in being a filmer? Here's the guarantee money that you're going to get." And it was like nothing, but it was three months of work and money guaranteed. Yeah. And I was like, okay, is this uh, every is, year? No, or, no, just 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 three the next months. Starting next month. Okay, you got three months. Are you in? And I'm like thinking to myself, like, God, I don't know where Body Gloves. This new group is going to take Body Glove. I know they're always going to be around, but like, man, I've just been doing nothing and I hate that. I have to do so. I, yeah. I probably have every ADD, ADHD <laughs> problem that, you know, just undiagnosed. Like, I'm a spaz. I'm mm. a full blown. You get Mountain Dew, it's out of control, right? <laughs> so, like, I just have to be doing something. I feel so bad. Like, I never wanted to pay somebody. If you're not doing the job, I'm not going to mm. pay you. So, like, I felt bad, like, getting paid and I got paid really well from these guys because I've been here so long, yeah. you know, and I would do anything. And, yeah. and, and it just, the, the, I just felt like it was time and that Red Bull thing. So I was like, okay, like, Hey, I'm going to stop. If you need anything from me, I'm just down the street, but I'm going to take this opportunity. And that three months because of Jamie asking if, if, or asking them to reach out to me to be a filmer for him really gave me the opportunity to like, okay, Sack up, buddy. Here we go. Life change number 500, you know. And, <laughs> and then it was like, you know, some of the guys that filmed us through Taylor's uh, videos are still filming other stuff. And I linked up with them and other friends and then have been able to kind of navigate. Um, Red Bull was two years doing Jamie's show. Two or three years. And, and uh I mean, insane. The yeah. Red Bull would give me other jobs. I was yeah. able to work with Carissa, um, Caroline. Like, there's just been pieces that have popped up, and, yeah. and through Body Glove, made the relationship with Tatiana because she'd been here since she was 17, and she asked me if I would go on the tour with her. She's coached by Ross. Um, she just wanted to have support. Yeah, it sounds awesome. You know, it's hard. You know, and are you making a movie too, or? No, it's 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 really tough. We're, we're I film everything because I I'm there. Yeah. Um, film for coaching purposes. Yeah, we watch yeah. the footage and she watches it. And we put social media stuff out. Yeah. But like I also do film when she loses and we talk about it and I don't know where that's gonna go. There's some just incredible moments that yeah. she shares. I mean, she's a she is a, a, a tenacious competitor and and, and it, I mean wonderful family. So you can see. These just just highlights in a person, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that stem directly from her family. But she's hyper competitive, and um, isn't it mind blowing how good girls are these days? You know, it's funny. So when I started doing that stuff with Carissa when she was seventeen, that was the point. And obviously, we've been around women surfing our, sure. our whole life, and there's amazing. I mean, yeah. when we were doing it, Lisa was out of control. Rochelle was great. Yeah, it, it's just they didn't have any support. Yeah. And 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 that I think that's the easiest way to look at it is they still not as much support from the industry, but the WSL the fact that they leveled the pay is is okay. a massive step because yeah. it's able those girls that aren't getting money are able to still be on the tour. But yeah. 
I mean, Carissa is as technically sound of a surfer as there is in the entire world. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or yeah. anything in between. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was just like, oh, and I, shit. And I'm talking about, like, not being chauvinistic, but I would, aside from Lisa, there's hardly anybody that I would want to watch back then. Yeah, you know what? Right? To, to me, I think it was it was a lot of it was like they were really impressive when you were watching them in, the, in real life, yeah. but you would never seek out them right. in a video part or something. Right. I totally agree with yeah, that. And yeah. now, and now you're like you know you mentioned Carol Marks. Yeah, like, now you're he, just seeing the level is yeah, is crazy, it, but the. The availability to see the level yeah. is also changed quite a bit, and yeah. you're seeing these girls. I mean, even little Aaron Brooks or uh, Sierra Kerr. That yeah. you're just seeing these girls that are that are not even of age doing these. Oh, uh, the next generation yeah. is going to be like. I yeah, think. and then and then you watch. I don't know if you guys watch the the surf movie Girls Can't Surf or whatever that they just it. did. That like, and then you start thinking of those girls like, well, they were doing it when we were doing it, but like. Yeah. Like wow, we thought we had it hard. Like we yeah. slept in board bags. Like, but we were. I wasn't on the tour. That's why I slept in a board bag. You know, <laughs> they slept on a board bag. They were winning contests. Yeah, but they yeah. were still sleeping on board bags. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, I didn't even think about that. You know, so like, yeah, good it is awesome to that. see. But they, I mean, awesome. it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. Really the support, good. you know, stepped up. I mean, their ability has stepped up. Their their you know feminism, like you know, like side of just not being a jock. You know, like a girl that was you know like they they're bringing more yeah. color and more fashion and you know like they're just being they're they're able to they're, yeah. you know like originally like all those early day girls they were just trying to fit in and the guy the people that were doing it were guys yeah. so like you kind of wanted to I guess look like a guy I guess yeah. you know and but parents the, were but, making but the all the clothing you know I mean. Yeah. There was no product for them until Roxy came around in the early 90s. Yeah. You know, they didn't have like, you know, now it's like, I mean, every surf brand has a swim line and yeah. a women's wetsuit line and, yeah. and women's and product. What's crazy is one of the biggest things, because we talked about this a lot, is how how Hollywood, you know, will put out a surf, put, put out a, a surf every so often and amplify the culture and blows up the industry, right? Yeah. And Gidget was probably one of those first movies to blow up the industry. Yeah. But it didn't really, you know, change anything for women surfing, and it was a woman surfer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is really weird. But one of the things that, you know, when we're talking about girls surfing, and, and now I'm more compelled to watch it because their level and their style, and even with Grace, too, you know, graceful than, than dudes... It's fucking aesthetically pleasing. You oh, know? for sure. That that ten that uh, Stephanie Gilmore gets. Oh, an Indo, unbelievable. It cross. Yeah. Like I can watch that thing over and over and over because you're just like, holy shit! Like, yeah. She stalled and got fucking barreled, disappeared. Yeah. And comes out and. You know, critical, most critical turns. I, w- I don't think I would have tried it in a really shallow spot. Yeah, I don't think I would have hit that thing. And she fucking cracked because it's just... a murky black sand beach. You don't realize how shallow that inside but is. But that's that to me is like that's that's where I, I love the, the girl that they have in charge of the tour now, Jesse yeah. Miley Dyer. Like, she's 
pushing them to surf where the guys yeah. surf. Like the yeah. fact that they got to surf pipe. pipe yeah. The fact that, and they never surf pipe. Like you don't get waves at pipe. So I don't yeah, care yeah. who you think you are. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't get waves at pipe. So like these girls have no experience, you yeah. know? So like they're trying their best. They're trying, trying to get guys like Jamie to help navigate the yeah. lineup. But then when you take the crowd out of a place like pipe, yeah. And then you surf pipe for what it is for the first time in 30 minutes. Like, scary. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's yeah. terrifying. The fact that there's 100 guys, at least you know, like, oh, I don't have to go. <laughs> yeah. But now they have to go and they yeah. want to go and yeah. they are going to Chopu and they want to go and they're hitting closeouts at, at Kramas where yeah. you're right. Most people, guy, girl, whatever, aren't doing it and they're doing it and they want to do it and they want to take it because they know that generation below them is watching yeah and um, and that part's awesome to me and so sally fitz Fitzgibbons, yeah she's not like one of my favorite surfers but what she when she won that final mm-hmm. uh what was that rottenest yeah i forget who was in the final with joanne Fay. yeah but she fucking ripped that wave oh. and that did was- maneuvers in heavy places you're like Holy shit! Like no, there's there, these girls are fucking ripping. They're, they're really uh, good, and yeah. it's and it's it's. I mean, that final was way more exciting than it, Gabriel and um, Sibilic. Yeah, I think, honestly, I, like, I think I think a lot of it though is you, you you just have expectations, and we're at a point where like you don't you haven't set the bar with the expectation for the girls yet because they just keep moving it every time. Yeah. You're like, yeah, it's probably gonna be like this. For they've, sure, they've pushed it forward, whereas like. When you watch the guys, like, like, like Chris you guys are at a gnarly level, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't believe some of that Gabriel Eagle. Like Chris's air oh at Newcastle. Like. Chris's air. But did you see, like, there's a, there's a wide shot of it. She does the air. She lands like this. Joanne's winning the heat, dominating the heat. Yeah. And Joanne goes, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like, that was just, to me, like, the air was cool. I've yeah. seen Carissa do better airs. No, but, Not in but, a contest. But then to see Joanne yeah. know that, like, yeah, I just lost. But, yeah. like, I just Kudos. watched the sport hey. go. That's yeah. what she had to do to beat me. Like That's so cool. And that is what makes all the, the women's tour really neat yeah. right now is yeah. they are so competitive. There is a group of them that are crazy nuts. So, so we... We um, we asked these questions, right? So you you went you didn't get to go to the ranch, right? I didn't for, do the ranch. No, I, I've been before, but I did not do it this have year. Have you surfed it? I have. I've caught nine waves, I think. Nice nine waves. But I've gone to film. I've gone with Carissa on practice days, and she's given me a couple waves. Yeah. I've gone. Were you there with when Stamps was there? Tim Stamps. I was there. He was there once with Courtney. Yeah, I was for yeah. sure. Um, but I never, I've never ridden my own board. Oh, really? I brought my board twice, but I've never ridden my own board because when I brought my board, I didn't get a wave. And most of the time I'm filming and I film in the water most of the time there. So I'm swimming and I'll get hired to do some privates. Like, you know, when people like a private group rents the ranch and then I'll go and then they, you know, pass the footage off to those people. Yeah. So, and I've gotten two waves from, uh. Uh, Jesse Billauer's brother Josh because he puts a group together there with guys that we grew up surfing contests with sick that are out of the industry Uh, Jason Burns there's a few of them that are just epic humans but Josh gave me a couple waves and it was epic how incredible is that place it's 
it's uh it's fun it's fun to watch it, it yeah. you know i mean there's a lot of people that complain about the watching that contest or it's boring or whatever like it's amazing yeah it's amazing what what the wsl puts out as far as their product in any event that they go to like rottenness was the middle of nowhere yeah like literally and then you you went to the other side of the middle of nowhere and they had an amazing contest live streaming for free yeah around the world and you're like it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense no to one me. should be complaining about what they're doing it just doesn't make sense we should and, all just be unless clapping they're, and going unless they're going to yeah, charge a premium you. yeah and then i would just i would either opt in or opt out yeah. you know and then if i opt in i would maybe say like hey look I, you know the service went out but other than that like it was great you know what i mean like yeah. there's there's just a level when something's free that like you i mean don't throw stones you know yeah, glass exactly. house like be careful because this guy could pull out and then Surfing is gone, you yeah. know, what we know of surfing and, and... Yeah, there's people out there that bitch, moan, and complain about it, and I'm just thinking, don't watch it then, bro. Yeah, but those are the same people that bitch, moan, and complain about yeah. everything yeah. in life, you yeah. know? I was just asking him uh, about Surf Ranch. Surf Ranch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I didn't go... Surf I didn't go. I caught a couple waves. Um, it was fun. I fell on first turn on the first wave I got. Ooh. I fell stalling in the first section barrel. I've fallen on the left, but I got it's Tati last right? year at the Rumble at the Ranch gave me two burn waves, which because when it's when the waves hasn't gone, it gets so glassy and smooth for one wave. Yeah. So it's so it's the only thing that differs in the thing. So you can't just give one guy one perfectly glassy wave and give everybody else a wave that's got ribs in yeah. it. So they burn it and they call it the burn wave. So they give those to like a strider or somebody. <laughs> Lots of strider. Yeah. Yeah, Kirk strider on all of those. But 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 she gave me two and I, and the right was insane, but then four minutes later I have to surf the left and like oh, I don't get to surf a lot. You know? So yeah. like I'm, I'm done. I would honestly, like, if somebody was like, hey, could I go? I would have said, yes, please, surf yeah. it. Be, just because I won't be able to make it, you know, like, endurance-wise to the yeah. end. So, sure enough, I cruised the left and fell before I even got to the barrel. But So, people hire you to film their sessions? Yeah, all. like, in the water. I'll do water yeah. stuff out there. Because it's hot as balls. It's either hot as balls or freezing cold. And, yeah. like... But, you know, like, I, I post... It's so sick. It's so fun. It's such a neat place. What yeah. a neat experience. A neat place. Very... They executed everything. Yeah, the people that know, work there, the, from ski drivers so to psyched. the food to just... It's like going know. to a five-star resort. It is, yeah, yeah for, for surfing. Yeah, yeah it is. For a five-star price. Yeah, you know, luckily, <laughs> so, I've always been on the, the better end of that, you same, know. Dude, same with us. I've yeah. only paid one time. Yeah, and, and the time that I paid, I only got four waves. I fell on two. <laughs> See, my kid, my my youngest son got to go with a, a group that had paid, and and he got a couple half waves, and he comes home, and I take him to 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 BSR, you know, where you get yeah a lot of waves, especially yeah. when Shane was running it, and 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 I was like, what did you think? He's like, well, it was good, but I just could never feel my board and I was like yeah I get that but you know you didn't pay the five grand that you were supposed to pay to feel your board and he's like yeah I know it was awesome dad. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to put it in perspective sometimes and it is like, so you always like, want more you know yeah and like the fact that I've never ridden my board like whatever I still got a ride you yeah. know the fact that I was 
fat and tired from drinking Mountain Dew is my fault, you know. So, so there's a you, you remember you met Kelly Sorensen that owns On the Beach in mm-hmm. Monterey. Mm-hmm. So he's been a guest on the podcast, and he puts together some trips there. And last year, he fucking called us up. He's like, "Hey, let's do a podcast from there." Yeah, from there. Come so up, we, we we'll get in the water, get a few waves, and we'll do a podcast and hang out. And I'm like... And you guys said no, of course, right? Yeah, we thought about it and yeah. quickly said yes. Yes. But next week, yeah. we quickly said yes again. No way! <laughs> wow. So late night's been in December, and now we... I'm around, we're really good, filming in the water. <laughs> we'll make uh, a call. We'll make a call. It's, it's usually, usually has Nelly do the, do the trips... Yeah. Yeah, and shoot photos. Shoot yeah. photos. Yeah. Not video, but yeah. Yeah, I've been up there and Todd Glazer's been in the water doing stuff. Yeah. It's just awesome. It, it, it becomes really social when you're always in the water. It's crazy, know? right? Yeah, it's, it's great. But it, like like you said, to be that guy that's always hooting somebody in a good one, it's like that every way there. You're, you, you know, it's always good. You're, it's, yeah. you, you want people to get the wave of their life and rip it and then unless you're there to cherry pick like people that fall and then you're like fall fall yeah the whole yeah, time fall. and then they pass you and then they fall you're like oh, yeah. oh that's melting right? <laughs> that's, that's melting. like only if I was like five yards like in more you right know? I've been you know on that inside right and, and had opportunity to film so many guys getting like the barrel of their life down there you know and I'm I'm fucking screaming but I tell them all when they get their their thing I said hey there's going to be me at the end with this housing, big blue housing, and I'm going to be yelling. I'm so sorry if it freaks you out, but just aim for me. Yeah. And you'll make it out. And there. you'll make the barrel, and yeah. like I'll get a great shot. And yeah. like, but I hoot a lot. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, I'm fine just getting the cherry picking that end. Dude. You know? Like get two, two turns and then the barrel That section. right is gnarly. It's that, so in, sick. That, that last part of the, the I mean, it's yeah. so... I get work there every single fucking time because I don't know how to backside tube ride. It's hard. See, that's a thing this year that the girls did really well. I don't think they got enough credit for like every one of them got totally drained on the left and the right, which, you know, as you you just go back, rewind a year or two, like there was only a few getting barreled. Now all 18 are getting barreled. It it was almost refreshing to see people fall too. I, I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, they were that pushing. contest. I was like, "Holy shit, those guys are falling a lot." All but, right. but they were pushing it. And they knew they couldn't just, you know, they're not going to get the score if they just turns. You know, no. you got to, you got to go big. Yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. challenging. They are going big. I don't want to fall. It's just a new pressure for them. Which, yeah. which that's my favorite part. Is is it is? It's not. It's not. The, it's. It's not going to take away the ocean events. It's just going to be a, it's a, not, a new addition. But man, what addition. a what a what a pressure cooker for those guys. You get one shot, like you know Gabriel and Idolo. Those guys catch like thirty waves in ten minutes, yeah. or you know, like it's it's crazy, <laughs> like yeah. in a heat. And that was one of the things that I, I pointed out to Tatiana is like, you know, like you're going to get better at errors if you try thirty errors yeah. in a set in one session. Yeah. You're not going to get better. Like, look at these guys. Like, it's one heat. So it's 35 minutes, and Idolo has caught 18 waves, and 11, he tried airs. Yeah. You want to know why he can make airs in a heat? Because yeah. he tries airs yeah. in a heat. You know, yeah. like, it's real easy to see. So, yeah. like, that contest, like... Game catches. When you're sending it on errors. one chance, like, that's... Yeah. Yago, oh, man, that kid was so awesome. Um, 
On point. Yeah. On point. His, yeah. his forehand stuff. The minute his backside stuff catches yeah. up, it's going to be crazy. I wanted to, uh, I, I just thought about a note. Um, so we love ping pong. You know, uh, we've played yeah. ping pong and I, I still have. Do you have, play a game? I, I don't have. It's, it's every once in a while. But I mean, whether it's at 17, everybody, we always had like ping pong table somewhere. Some, some always. Kid. But you held a ping pong tournament up here at your house. And I drove up. I think me and Fair were just dating. Like, yeah. And we came up and, and, and played. I still have the trophy. You won? won? Yeah, still have a trophy. We did too. Shane won one. Yeah. Magnuson won one. Yeah. They were awesome. Yeah, you're good. You know, Rob was really good at ping pong. Yeah. But that's funny. I still have the trophy in my garage somewhere. <laughs> so epic. Yeah, it's on a shelf. I see it. We did both sides of our family play ping pong. Like really? My, my dad's family and my mom's family. So, hmm. like, there was always tables. And, and serious. Every surfer played. Serious. Yeah. Serious playing? Yeah, like yeah. he would get one uncle or a cousin that was like really good, you know? Yeah. And, and you'd do the family reunions. And so good. I remember playing when we played at Hollyba. They, they would always have their table out. Yeah. That was when I first saw Rob. I was like, holy crap, Rob's really good at ping pong. Derrico was good too. He liked to play. Yeah, yeah. it's a couple sneaky guys, man. Yeah. They're good. Our circle of friends in Huntington, they're, we, we, some we had some fucking heated battles. Yeah, like yeah, we know. do we do one ping pong party a year. Like, yeah. bring it we back. We should start that back. Yeah, bring it back. It's Late epic. night with chalky ping pong tournament times Jeebs. Yeah, Dude, just round robin. Yeah. yeah, that was all we did. We'd do a tournament. I know that would be sick. I got a table we, in the garage. I'll bring you know, it down. instead of hey. like surfing turf, hey. surfing surfing ping pong. Hey, we'll clear out the tables. We could get fit two or three in and Northside Cafe in there. Oh my gosh, that'd be huge. Okay, Don. I got um, a table. I'll bring it. So I don't know where we left off. What, what, what questions we have? On, I think on, I died already. Yeah, <laughs> I, think we've gone through I don't know. Stuff. I mean, well, we're on three hours and five minutes. I so, Are we? Yeah. I think, yeah. I think you know. Thank you guys. It, no, it's awesome this, to re-talk about all this stuff, yeah. and you know, you you never get a chance to 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 look back and thank people or apologize. In my case, yeah. Well, I mean, I think every that's life, you know. It is, and yeah. and you and you don't realize it until you get to the next phase, right? Yeah. And then you're like, "Holy shit, all that happened!" And yeah, it's awesome. No, yeah, you know, this is fun to hear about a guy that you know is from a different surf community, and through your career, you've you've accomplished a lot of fucking cool things. A lot of random stuff. Survival things, though, like to me, it was always just trying to survive and have fun, you know, doing the process. Yeah, but you're like, it's, it's, uh, your accomplishments are really worth talking about. Yeah, you you stepped up to the plate when needed to be and you executed, and that's why more doors opened up down the line, you know, like the fact that Taylor couldn't make this digital editing, you know, conference or whatever class. And yeah. great, you're going. Yeah, you're going to what North North North. I don't Carolina? say no much. Yeah. That's kind of like the beauty. You don't don't say no much. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and, and not be scared to learn something new or try something different. You 100%, know, hundred percent, hundred percent. What was the famous? It's what's the worst thing somebody's gonna say? Yeah, no. no. Yeah. You can take that. You're good. Yeah, it's cool to be able to talk about how you know you're one of South Bay's finest mo- momentum generation. There's nobody else that came from. The momentum generation that was from the South Bay. Yeah. That's that's a, a box tick off. Yeah. You're the only guy from Huntington that was 
part of the momentum generation. Yeah. You guys kind of have like it's weird similar... to think, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I mean, and that's a that's yeah. a cultural paradigm shift is what momentum generation was. For sure. And at the time again, it was like just like all of us, it's like I mean, the movies Taylor's, you know, like they were coming out, but we didn't know how impactful they were going to be at the time. I was I wanted to be in you know, the guys that were doing all the Lost videos, the Snapping Turtles, Jason, Ken Worthy, and Ryan Dival, like, you know, they were like, hey, we want you along with, you know, a handful of other guys to be the star. And, you know, there was that weird clash of the Titans back then of, you know, the Lost crew and the clean-cut Taylor, or Taylor Steele crew. And, you know, what side of the fence was Larson on? And I tried to navigate both. And, yeah. But the show's not about yeah. late night. But well, it's funny though because when you bring that up, I remember being in South Africa one year, and we were surfing Cave Rock, and Chris and and Corey were out, and I was like, "You guys are so stoked! Taylor's on the beach because they didn't have a filmer on. Taylor's on the beach. He'll be able to give you guys the footage." Yeah, I didn't even think about that there was a separation of like. This group against that group. I was just like, they're putting out crazy sick videos. And Chris is a freak. Like, him and Corey were such good surfers. And, like, like Chris, to me, still is one of the most incredible, talented. It doesn't matter the wave. The weirdest wave, he's even better. Yeah. Like, he was Mason before Mason was born. You know, like, it was nuts. And so good. But I didn't think about that. But I remember that happening. and, And I... I didn't even put it together until after. I was like, God, I wonder if they probably think I'm such an asshole. But like, yeah. I was literally like, they were getting drained and it was yeah. so good. And I remember like, guys, Taylor is on the beach. You're so, so, because that barrel was nuts right in front of me. Like, he'll give it to you to give it to the lost guys. You know, like, yeah. I, he, I never thought he wanted to be on in <laughs> Taylor's video. You just didn't think about because yeah. who was Taylor, you yeah. know, like. So weird though. It's really neat to hear the the history of girl, of your history growing up here in, in the South Bay and the the body glove like yeah and well and how cool it is to hear that his big brother said hey dude took a picture with the Minolta camera and said I'll show you guys the one picture look, that, the, the one you look I, like I thought Mark I was getting Richards here I thought I was getting barreled but it, it's it's pretty cool. the mug is amazing oh, and, and that you know, help inspire and propel your ambition and inspiration to be a surfer. Yeah. And then hearing about, you know, making ends meet and having real jobs like normal folk. Yeah. Right. Chart house and surf shops. shops. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the spider days, you know, and, and living with Dennis, that was really cool. Yeah. And I didn't get into Mike Balzer as much as I would have loved to talk. I know, Balzer is like so instrumental in like, oh, yeah. I mean, all of our He lives. was, I mean, he was the, for me, he was the most instrumental. I mean, even more so than Dennis at the time because yeah. Mike was always there. And yeah. it's still, I talked to him, I talked to him quite often. And, and You got a lot of coverage and... A lot. Just like a lot of friendship, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like, it, yeah, got tons of coverage, but like just got a lot of friendship, a lot of yeah. great friendship, great support. And that, that was really, yeah, amazing. Yeah. And then to hear about 17 and, you know, living in, living in your car for a year. Yeah. <laughs> that cell phone bill was crazy. Remember how expensive cell phones are? They were like 49 cents a minute on outgoing and 29 cents <laughs> on incoming and. 18 cents a text you're like wait what oh like, man yeah yeah so and, bad and then of course yeah I mean your long career and still happening 
right? With with Body Glove. Yeah, still great things. I just did a trip with them to Hawaii last year, and yeah, yeah. So, what anything to promote? Like, what do you what do you got going on? Well, I get a, I get to go to Mexico with Tatiana and Tahiti, and hopefully we can keep her in the top five, and then she gets Sick. to do trestles. Um, she's awesome. fourth right now. It's really tight. Minus Carissa has a, almost a whole event lead. Um, but you just have to make the five. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of the goal. It's really fun to be part of that. Like it's neat to see firsthand what it takes to be that good. Um, I definitely don't have that. And that's what I've seen most is like, yeah. yep, that was, that is not inside you, buddy. You yeah. know, so that's, it's fun to be a part of. Um, she's ripping. She's yeah. ripping. It, you know, she's, yeah yeah they're all ripping and, yeah. and it's great to see when they kind of you know make those moves yeah she's incredible and a great great human you know when you're with somebody 24 7 like you know you're only there if they're good people so she's yeah. a great person like yeah. otherwise i'd be like yep i'm out you're an idiot yeah. you know she's awesome and you know hopefully a couple video projects come up there's a couple things in the works been talking with taylor for some things so hopefully we can get something happening in the next Sick. few months and and uh Yep. Other than that, uh, yeah, editing, filming, That's anything awesome. I can. Well, thank you for sitting down with uh, with us today. With yeah, the late night with Chalky. Late night with late Chalky. Night it's been with amazing. Before we go, though, what are you writing these days? I am still writing. It's been like I think five years now with Chemistry Surfboards. Sick. Uh, Jason Bennett, Bennett out yeah. of Oceanside. I'm going to just throw it out there. The best surfer from Oceanside. Yeah. He was incredible. But yeah. he makes great surfboards. And, and Willie that works with him is an epic human. He worked for Ezekiel back in the day. And, nice. Um, what, what, uh, what kind of board do you ride? I still am riding way too big of a board that most people say. But I ride a 6.0. It's 29 liters. I went. I ate everything Tati ate on our trip. So I dropped 20 pounds. Damn. From the time we got to Australia until the time we left. Dang. Um, just doing yoga in the mornings and with bird, her. Bird, and bird seed and, and a couple of vegetables. A lot of salad. Yeah. I didn't eat everything she ate because she's burning 3,000 calories a day. But I stopped drinking Mountain Dews for a while and yeah. Taco Bell and all that other greatness that exists after <laughs> 12 at night. And uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm That's excited. Funny. Surfing nice. a, a, a little bit, but just been kind of editing and filming since I've been back. So, yeah. so 6.0 is shortboard. 6.0 is my standard shortboard, yeah. 29 liters, um, two and something. I just kind of tell Jason, you know, I just need a shortboard and then yeah. I get this shortboard and they work amazing. He's an unbelievable surfer and yeah. it's fun because my youngest son, Parker, rides their boards as well. So I'll go down and I'll pick up boards for both of us, which is like still the highlight of my life is when you you oh. know you're you get to surf with your kid or yeah. or around that and both my boys surf even though my oldest boy doesn't surf very much but whenever he comes into town he does his token surf with dad which is really fun oh and my gosh so yeah cool. and congratulations for yeah. graduating the police academy that's yeah. awesome fresh graduation two weeks now starts his first day is july 4th Dang. nice really proud of him you know yeah, it's one of those huge. things you see your kids you know, like, you're like, oh, he might do this when he gets older. Like, literally, like, since he was, like, three or four years old, he's just wanted to be either in the military or a policeman. And it just luckily kind of kept going the police route. And in yeah. high school, he did a great program. And out of high school through college, he did another program with them. And 
And he's like, Dad, I'm, I'm in. And I'm like, yeah, you are. This yeah. is going to be epic. And yeah. yeah, he won Exemplary Recruit Award in his academy. And it was like, I think I cried from the minute <laughs> I got to Arizona until the minute I left. Just tears of like, holy shit, my kid's a policeman. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Next level. So, that is next level. Yeah. Yeah. Especially right now. It's so nuts. And But if they're all like him, man, we are in a good place. So. Great. Yeah. yeah, we need men like that. Yeah, yeah. we need you another know, we Drew. Need, we need a good, yeah, we need law and order and safety. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to uh, whatever it is that you guys put out. Yeah, know. and um, if you have anything down the line, we're, we're an avenue for, for promoting, you know, yeah. like we'll, oh, yeah. we'll, blast, we'll blast out anything you got. Cool awesome. we'll, get, we'll get big Alex Gray on your guys' thing next. Yeah. He would be great. Yeah. He'd be great. Well, yeah. Greg Jeeves Browning. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been an honor and privilege. Yeah, yeah. Epic talk. Happy Sorry. Fourth. Thanks, guys. Yeah, happy fourth. WaveKey was created by Brad Gerlach to help improve your surfing. WaveKey is a land-based systematic surf training method. For all surfers, for all levels. Check out wavekey.com. That's W-A-V-E-K-I.com. Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, 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 we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit CalienteSouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.